This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 76 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I have my co-host Scott here. Go and say what's going on, Scott. What's going on, gay lords? <laughs> and go ahead and say what's going on, Ryan. So last night, right before he left, my buddy Jim comes up to me because I was talking to people about showing them just very basics of airbrushing. Yep. And I've never I don't know how I've never noticed before, but he sticks his hand up and he only has three quarters of a pointer finger. Ah. Can you teach me how to fucking use an airbrush? Because I can't reach the goddamn button with this awful finger of mine. Jesus. And I was like, I guess you just need to grow a new fucking finger, bro. <laughs> like I, I don't know. You see to get up get a hold of Matt Schweitzer and have him fucking pop it, those the monkey with three D printed fingers. That's exactly what somebody said. Have somebody three D print you a prosthetic. And then I was like, before you get mad at me for telling you to grow another fucking finger, stop and count to nine and three quarters and take a <laughs> breath. <laughs> powerful ryan <laughs> now he's all <laughs> now he's all pumped up on fucking his super skills and fucking uh in airbrushing you just tell people whatever you well, want well no what it is because i i got back and there's like a bunch of people that just literally want to just start airbrushing so it's not like teaching them anything i taught in the classes it's literally just like what materials do you need to like if you're going to go buy an airbrush what should i buy how do i hook it up like super, 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 super basic stuff. So I'm not showing anybody anything of like use to somebody that already knows like anything. Like if you don't know what direction to point your airbrush, you come to me. Like I can, yeah. I can show you what direction. Not into your eyes or mouth. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be unless, a, a cloud coming out of this Unless you're your airbrush with Jim Bean. If, you, if you're using Jim Bean to clean your airbrush, then go ahead and point it in your mouth. There you go. After a few cleaning sessions, do that, or else it'll take re- taste really bitter. Also, if you're like an ex EOD guy and don't have any fingers, I don't want to tell you I can't help you airbrush. <laughs> but nice try though, like nice, nice try. That's physical therapy right there. Get that figured out. Go see the latest Spider-Man movie and see what that lizard guy does. <laughs> and let's start there. Just piccolo yourself a new finger. So. Anyway, guys, we got a fantastic show for you guys this week. Like, I say that every week, but, like, I would not be saying... Like, if you ever miss me say that, like, if I don't ever say, hey, we got a good show for you, then it's going to be a shitty show. Like, like it's just not feeling it. But every time I say that, I'm feeling it. Like, I feel, I feel good about this episode. We got our normal intro and hobby progress, which you're going to go through. Uh, Tony Cottrell, the, uh, the head honcho over at Forge World, made some pretty sweet announcements that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about a special cake delivery that's going on Thursday, so you need to listen to that. Uh, then we have an announcement for the List Haven Dropbox link. So Then we got Secret Santa updates, Closer Patches updates, and a special Adepticon announcement. Uh, then we got a cultural exchange that we actually had uh, that Ryan needs to talk about. Then we're going to go through some voicemails. I'm really hoping there's some spooky voicemails in there. 
We'll have to see because it's still October. Guys, if you haven't sent in your spooky emails or your spooky voicemails, please get them in. Uh, and then we have a spooky email that we need to read off. Then we have a Mechanicum 2,500-point order reductor list we're going to go over. We're going to answer a question from Curl. Then we got a Night Lords list we're going to go over. And then at the very end, when we're wrapping this all up and everything like that, we're going to go ahead and do a wheel spin for the Wheel of Grindage. So we're going to go ahead. That Night Lords list, if you're having a custodes problem, oh boy, do we ever have the solution. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I will be be so saddened if this list isn't at every Horus Heresy event around the world, at least one of them. There needs to be, somebody needs to build this at every game club around the world. And every time someone plays custodes, just get this thing out. Just kick him in the dick as hard as you can. Show no mercy and go go for the eyes, and maybe the problem will just sort itself out, and people will just play something that's not fucking exactly, custodes. exactly. If if Custos were Nancy Kerrigan, this list is Tanya <laughs> Hardy's crazy fucking boyfriend coming in with a crowbar. <laughs> yeah, it was an asp actually, but yeah, crowbar it was an asp. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Uh, the cl- why? <laughs> what a fucking ridiculous cry that was. I've not heard that. <laughs> Jesus. Up. Oh, Representing yeah. our country for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so then after that, after the after the uh the wheel spin, we got a shout out to Ryan's podcast. We need to talk about that a little bit. His other podcast, the Dark Age podcast, because he had some celebrity on his uh, go ahead, Brian Steele, right? Yes, Brian Steele. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit, and then uh, we have a uh, to wrap it all up. Ryan's gonna go ahead and give some unsolicited shout out to a company that he used for terrain. Yes. So, so I guess let's jump right into the intro and hobby progress mixed. Ryan, how's life been treating you, buddy? It's been great. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, well, I've been getting things ready for Adepticon a little bit, which we'll talk about. Um, I unpacked all my stuff from the Michigan GT and quickly found out that with the addition of, of that to all the terrain that I already had, I have no more room. So I had to come up with a new organizational system and buy all these totes and totally rearrange all my terrain in my basement to get all that sorted. So now everything is put away all nice, and I'm back to, you know, quote-unquote normal. Um, I built all of my land raiders for my Death Guard army, and I'm starting on the infantry. So my hobby progress was that. Um, I also had, because Brian Steele, who's the guy that writes all the rules for Dark Age, was coming to... He came to our game club and actually played games with us and brought some unreleased stuff that no one's seen before for us to play with and see. Um, I, you know, that was obviously kind of a big deal to me. So like, I wanted to make sure everything was put away and the basement was organized and kind of had to like rearrange tables to be more dark age oriented, at least a few. So we could, cause I knew that more people would be wanting to play games of that, at least a specific club thing. Um, and I've been selling, uh, a bunch of Eldar stuff because uh, 40k people and GW 
are in ridiculous predictable cycles. So I couldn't sell this. Sh- I couldn't give this shit away four months ago. But now that Eldar's getting a codex, all of a sudden it's in demand and people mm-hmm. are trying to buy it for prices higher than what I was even asking for. So I've been <laughs> trying to sell much Eldar. Daddy needs a new car. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty funny because like there was people trying to lowball me before and i'm like nah i'm not hurting for money they'll get a new codex and games workshop will inevitably just crank the rules to 11 because that's what they do to sell new shit like every release has to be better than the last one because that's their business model so i just waiting for this release and oh wow i'm so i'm so surprised that what i said was true and now i'm selling all this eldar oh my god i'm (laughs) i'm fucking psychic so Anyway, well, I'm glad that's you. Pretty much I'm it. glad you judge the market correctly, and that. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard to predict. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Um, so yeah, so selling Eldar, building Death Guard, uh, playing played some Dark Age, rearranged my basement, um, put up all the terrain, working on some Adepticon stuff. Uh, that's about it. That sounds like fun. What about you, Scott? Oh, bought. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Ro- no. Bought some more secret weapon tiles to to finish out some tables, and that's it. That's it. That's it. Now go. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, Scott. I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, I've just been uh planning out this World Ears project. I'm getting pretty close to uh starting off. Well, I kind of have started it off. I made my first like official purchase. So I bought Angron, Karn, and a uh. A uh, boarding shield captain who was like a a Forge World limited edition model back in like 2011. I found one of those and I'm going to convert him up to be my chaplain with boarding shield because those are pretty good. Um, just getting all my ducks in a row, man. Uh, I got some sweet Wonder Wash from our friend Ryan and uh, buying like the necessary supplies and stuff and just getting my hobby area kind of squared away so I can uh, do this as quickly and efficiently as possible so i can get out there and get this get this thing into the wild but um have you used the wonder wash not yet well i have i used it on a my test model and it looked dope looks really good man goes really well on metallics so uh pretty pumped about that stuff man i really like it i I got a whole bottle of it so if you need more i'll give you a refill good technical effect yeah when i inevitably spill this shit that's why i gave you two I handed him one because I just put it. I put it in the. I had some empty uh, GW wash Those bottles. Fucking disaster bottles. Uh, so I, I gave him bottles. one. Yeah. I gave him one, and I was like, "Here you go. Here's your Wonder Wash, and here's the second bottle. So after you use the first one twice and knock it over, you have this one to fall back on." There you go. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, so I got that. Uh, also. Uh, Listener of the show, Jake Wallace, reached out and hooked me up with some Marauder arms. So I was able to uh, to buy off of him the Warhammer Fantasy Chaos Marauder arms, and those are going to work as my uh, like exposed bicep kind of world eater aesthetic thing for my veterans. So that was super sweet of him. We actually ended up uh, swapping some transfer sheets and some other stuff for some bits. So dudes helping out, dudes there. Um, other than that, man, that's about it. I haven't been. I mean, I'm just. I'm ready to like start, start doing all this shit at 100 miles an hour. But 
I don't have money just falling out of my ass, so I got to kind of plan this out in a way that doesn't fucking get me divorced and make me homeless. So, did I have any bits other than the heads that you needed? Yeah. Oh, you you totally squared me away on a lot of bits. You had two uh, Mark III power fists in there, 10 32 mil bases, just some stuff. Also, had some prize support left over from the Michigan GT from Anvil Industries. And how I'm going to do my bases is they sell base toppers. So, uh, they're like these little 30 millimeter like city ruins. I think they call them hyper city ruins, 32 millimeter base toppers. And I bought a shitload of those. I bought a bunch of 60 mil bases that are uh, city ruins with sidewalk, you know, aesthetic to them and all that stuff. I'm going to put my jet bikes on those. And uh, a friend and listener of the show, uh, Nick Bradley out of Lexington, he, he uh, has javelins and he puts them on scenic bases and he put them. Um, two two like clear plastic stems underneath of them instead of one so they're really really stable when you move them around they don't wobble or anything so i think i'm going to do that as well but uh i have all this shit coming in man so it's on the way and i'll probably since i'm going to have the basis first that's probably what i'm going to get started on because it's something i can just have done and when the models get here and i get them done i can just glue them to them you know add the weathering or whatever wash i'm going to do to kind of tie them to their base and you know, be done with it, make it time efficient and whatnot. But uh, pretty exciting, man. I'm fucking. I haven't hobbied really at all in you know two three months since Jay has left. It, that Space Wolves Commission was the last thing I had done, and that was over the summer. So school has been a all-consuming fucking storm. But um, I got some terrain that I'll send with you. It's all simple stuff, some yeah, dry brush and there stuff. We go. Like- no worries, can do. I meant to pick that up yesterday, but it's I not a big deal. It's not going uh, anywhere. We got 150 some days to Adepticon. There we go. So that's about it, man. Um, you know, I do. I am. I do kind of have. I guess we'll get into this when we talk about Adepticon, but I'm not going this year just for my own uh, reasons. I just fucking can't do it uh, this year. But uh, I've heard it's going to be a pretty badass time, and I'm sure it always will be. So it's a really big event if you've never been, you know, fucking go see the spectacle. Fuck, go to Mecca. <laughs> go to Mecca. About it. You know, I was just thinking about, so so that guy that used to make, you talked about the flying stems and stuff like that. Uh, that dude that used to make the metal ones, he's out of business now, right? Speedy. Speedy, Speedy. stems. Yeah, yep. they're, speedy. they're gone. They're not in business anymore, right? Like he doesn't do that anymore? I don't. He used to be a free Buddha, so we can ask Jamie. Jamie probably has a better contact with him than... Than I do. He also used to be pretty close with uh, Romeo from Battlefront. Guns now. Yeah, he was making guns. Yeah. So, so so definitely, definitely, if one of you guys could get me in contact with him, I'd like to get some of those stems. But on the same <laughs> token, like right now, if like because in shit, I was just thinking about this because like it, I'm guessing the way he made it was he either like cast them in some sort of mold they were on a little lathe they were oh, on a so miniature he was lathe. lathing each of them okay yeah because he's a gunsmith he was he actually makes firearms pieces so like he can make like firing pins and shit like that so that's the he was just using that tooling to make stems okay so so at this point if he's out of business and he's not making these anymore then like if somebody out there is a 3d modeler like powerful matt Schweitzer, powerful comrade quiche then 
if they could model up those stems, send it to Shapeways, and Shapeways print, print metal. in metal now, that might be an answer. I wonder how much that Do would cost. Do you think how expensive would that be, though, just to print a stem in metal? I don't know. I don't know. He like the, His weren't cheap, if I recall. But what about brass rod? Could you not just do it with brass rod? Like get a you know a eighth inch thick or yeah eighth inch thick brass rod and fucking cut them to whatever size you want. Well, the like. problem is some of the models the way they're molded they actually have that tapered hole to them so that uh, they fit tight. So it's like just using a straight rod doesn't stop it. Got to really. fucking be a savage and just cram it all in there and widen that <laughs> hole out. Man. Holy just way. gotta spit on it and go. <laughs> <laughs> <And> just... <laughs> Pocket Luke, y'all, that bad boy, you cram it on in. But anyhow, uh, also, cool thing I figured out was um, I talked to you a little bit about this. Ryan was painting the ambulance uh, drop pods in pieces. They actually, yep. that and the cryptids don't really come in. They they come in like 15 pieces. There's not a lot to them. So well, the way, you, the way I do an, a charybdis is easy. You build the main body. And then the bottom piece goes on the one that looks like the mouth, like where they would disembark out of. Right. You go ahead and uh, put that on there. Then the legs, once that's all built, the legs just slide down into channels. They don't actually glue. Gotcha. And then the top part glues on after you slide the legs in, and that's what holds the legs in to keep them from ever coming out again. Yeah. yeah so yeah, all yeah. you do is not glue that top part on. That way you have the top part separate and then the legs are separate and then you can paint all that separate. Then the only other parts are the fins that go around the top that have the missile launchers on them. So yeah. obviously you don't glue those on either. So you basically paint the fins and the missile launchers, then the the main body, and then the five legs. And then when you go to put it together, you literally just drop the legs in because they don't glue and then glue the engine housing on the top and then glue the fins to hold the engine housing on that's it there you go that's my plan um the anvil is i know my buddy nick he painted his in pieces too and said he glued it together said it was a little bit of a pain but i think at the end of the day it'll save me from since the colors are white and red i want to be very careful with taping everything off and not having those mixed because it creates you know that pink contrast and overspray really makes things look like shit so I'm going to be very, very careful to not uh, not do that. Uh, is I want this to be like my best looking army. Route. I hope, you know, I hope that every army I do is getting better than the last or else like what the fuck am I doing with my life? So, <laughs> um, but uh, that's the plan, man. That's me. That's all I got. Sounds like you did good, man. Sounds like you did great, actually. Uh, on my end, I have based 30 <clears throat> sisters in those uh, Skull Studios, I think it's on eBay, Skull Studios, Asphalt Bases. Ran through, I was watching uh, uh, some Gundam Wing, basing all my people. Uh, and got all those, got all my sisters all nice and based up. Got them done this weekend, I was pretty happy about that. I don't know what I'm going to do with the sisters, but definitely, definitely working on them like they're an army. Uh, got some bits in as well. We did some bit swapping at Legacy Comics and Cards over here, a local game store. I did some uh did some bit swapping with those people over there got some people hooked up and like the heresy scene in, in victoria is starting to grow and actually there's a couple listeners right now that are listening to this podcast shout out to to powerful cody for sure but oh my the God. uh the heresy scene is growing in victoria i'm a little bit happy about that because they were mostly warhammer 40k players and so i went and sat with them this weekend hung out for a little bit and 
pretty proud. Uh, you took them off the crack and put them on the high price cocaine. I like your style, man. <laughs> that's, I like that's right. Man, we've had an explosion, and I don't know what's happened, but like every other email we get is like, hey, I'm new to heresy, or hey, I just let, like, I'm it's been fucking crazy. And, yeah. It is insane. Like, we've gotten more email probably in the last. Like, I got people hit me up every day. I mean, like, I was just joking before the podcast. This has almost become a full-time job. Like, if it gets any crazier, we're going to have to add, like, four more hosts. <laughs> some admins. Just to answer fucking emails. Yeah. Just some just some admins in there. To some automated messages that automatically direct you to podcast episodes. It's going to be pretty serious. Oh, I also listen to Nemesis. I Like, all like since last Thursday, I actually just finished Nemesis. Have y'all have y'all read that or listened to it? The assassin book. Yeah, the assassin yeah. book. I heard he's pretty good. They should have just made a book that was just that Evisor assassin. He's the best part of that whole book, far and away. <laughs> he is like him, out. him and Spear, the the fucking like dark, uh, uh, the black. What is it called? Uh, like a Calexus. He's like the. Yeah, he's, he's like, like the, the, the demon Calexus, but they call him something. Yeah. They call him a black something. Yeah, dude. Th- those those two. A black pariah. Black pariah. Black. Yeah, that's right. Black pariah. Or Dark Pariah, one of those. And he's just fucking just eating people's souls and shit, and then fucking like trying to get that emperor's blood. Like the whole. I feel book, like that's an underrated book. It's it's great. Like it was like I, like it, the you know beginning. Why? It's one of those books that was written kind of off to the side. Like it wasn't it wasn't advertised as like a main part of the heresy because it like I don't know it kind of stands on its own in a way, but it is. I've heard it's really dope. You know. It's kind of like a, a Indiana Jones, where like regardless of what happened in that book, like everything would have happened exactly the way it would have happened. Like it, like it did nothing for the heresy. Well, I mean, it, it's a it's a little predictable, and it's very action movie movie type. It's like a it reads kind of like a script to an '80s action movie that we all know and love. Yeah, I guess. Mando. <laughs> yeah, like something like that. It's like. It's more like the Expendables. It's like, here's this group of badasses thrown them together. <laughs> they don't really get along, and they have to make their skills fit. And then John they just waste a bunch of people and say a bunch of one-liners. Like That's like the whole fucking thing. They're then all used to working on their own. They're all used to working on their own. <laughs> yeah, but one mission will bring them together. <laughs> it's like I like the- when I said I'd kill you last, Sally. <laughs> yeah, Matrix, you did. I lied. <laughs> what's funny? What's funny is the uh, the vindicator in that book has like has that accent like that. Like Kel- we, must, we must, yeah, Kale has that. We must get together and fight. Like he's like you are you are my sister i cannot let you do this like kale's dude he's like he's such a bitch when they show up when they show up to the well i don't want to give spoilers but when they show up to get the eviser it's hilarious yeah. like that whole he's just murdering get everybody. To the yeah. 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 <laughs> but like so so like when i think assassins you know like you 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 put them into your mind as like oh yeah man these dudes are like fucking badass they know exactly what they're doing and then you just like get to the everseer and he's just like fucking drugged up like just it tries to describe like what he's doing and like uh it's, it's well just... when they were like they're like well what happens if we don't st-? they're like talking about what would happen if he doesn't be stopped and they're like well he would create a pattern of violence that spirals out from this facility and this like whatever and by the 
end of this particular date, everybody within this many miles radius would be destroyed. It'd like be he just like dead. kills everybody in a fractal pattern. Like <laughs> he just everybody that's not him must die. Like it's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good book, man. It was, it was definitely underrated, and like it was totally worth a read. Just to, Who like wrote it. Do you remember? I can't remember off the top of my head. No, nah, I can tell you though. I can pull it up. I can pull it up in my Audible app. That's right, people. Audible now has Horace Heresy books in it. I was going to make that announcement on the Facebook, but uh, it's James Swallow. Okay. But uh, but yeah, man. Audible now has Horace Heresy books, and I had two credits lying around. And uh, so I was like, oh, definitely go ahead and pop it. I got Heresy and Shadow how does, War. How does Audible or Silent War? Typically. Uh, you pay 20 bucks a month, and what it does is every month it gives you one credit that you can spend towards a, an audio book that you can only listen to on the Audible app. And okay. so so you have this whole library of Audible books that you can pick from, and the only benefit you're getting out of it is, like, some of these, like, Horse Heresy books are, like, you know, 30, 40 bucks. But uh, it's... Uh, you you can you, like you get a free credit every month like twenty dollars, and so like I got Silent War and Nemesis for one credit each, so like forty bucks is what I spent. But in reality, it's like you know, not that much. Like it would have been like gotcha. sixty dollars something like that. But it's cool. Well, the the full length audiobooks on Forge World's website I think are forty or fifty dollars. Yeah, so save sixty bucks. Or or sorry, on the Black Library website I said Forge World. And then if you go to like. You go to YouTube and you type in "turn Audible book into MP3." It'll lead you to this crazy German website that you can download a an application that lets you transfer all of your Audible books to MP3s. That and sounds illegal. It probably is, but you know, definitely, definitely something to think about. <laughs> definitely, definitely exists and works because I paid for those damn books. <laughs> so. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, dude, that's what I've been doing. I've been pumped on fucking assassins. I've been pumped on, except for the Vinicare. Vinicare's a gay. But anyway, so yeah, that's it for my hobby progress. That's all I got. I got some skunk works going on, but we can't talk about that. We can't? No. Off air, we can. Not on here. Sneaky, sneaky project. But let's talk about Tony Cottrell's announcement. Okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So we got a rule book on the way. Coming in hot. We do, guys. So this past Thursday on Warhammer TV, was it one of the subscription services or could you just log in? I think you have to be an actual like paying subscriber to watch the You do you do, but if you're if you have Amazon Prime, that counts. Yeah. You can you can use your free Prime membership as a subscription because you get one free Twitch subscription. So Warhammer TV is actually a, a subscription service. I think to watch their previous episodes and stuff like that, you actually have to be a member subscriber for. But if you're Amazon Prime, then then you're good there. Just use it on that uh, if you're not using it on anything else. But this past Thursday, they had Tony Cottrell on, which is the – I guess his title is like Forge World Master. I don't know if he's just only over Forge World or – He's that in Specialist Games. He's like the head dude. So – He's, head He's worked at Forge World for a long time. If you get their little catalogs and you look at like stuff that says modeled by, like he's in there a lot. Yeah, he modeled the War Mammoth and stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah. If that lets you know how old it is. So 
Tony Cottrell comes on, and he had a few things he announced. And actually, like, if you go to our Facebook page, we actually have pictures of some of the stuff he pulled out that are heresy-related. But uh, he brought out an orange box, and inside this orange box, he pulled out a Primaris tank, which, yeah, nobody cares about. But in addition, he pulled out some Space Wolves. And I think it's, uh, I think it's like, speculated right now that those are the... Uh, the Varigar, Varigir, Varigir Terminators, because uh, he did say he pulled out one Terminator, and it, I mean it looked decent, kind of looked plastic, but it did look good. Um, he pulled that guy out and said that if you're a Space Wolf fan, the next few months coming up, you're going to be really excited for, because I'm guessing they're going to be releasing quite a bit of Space Wolves. He said that there's characters on the way and there's Terminators on the way, so. Next few months, expect those. I'm guessing those very gear to drop. So I'm guessing Harvel they'll maybe do a Harvel Red Blade model because he's the character in the book. God, I hope so. The and heavy then, bolter Terminator fellow. Yeah. So if you're on the fence about converting up some uh, some very gear, you might want to just hold out, see how these look. Maybe. I love that they did the frost weapon. If that is what that is, that they did the frost weapon like the old um, what the fuck is his name? The Space Wolf guy from 40k. Oh, Ragnar Blackmane's Frostblade. Yeah. It yeah. just looks like a chain, chain sword. sword with cracking teeth. It doesn't look like a fucking He-Man magic, <laughs> magic crystal ice weapon. Stone. Yeah, fuck that stupid <laughs> shit. Cod so glad they didn't some do... ice. Yeah, fuck that stuff. I'm glad they didn't go that route with it. So it looks like good. that's all I really had to see was that they didn't He-Man it up and made me happy. Oh, he's got fur everywhere. Everywhere, good. but yeah, I see the frost axe. He's got massive, like it. It looks good. I like, I like the shoulder pads probably most of all, just because they're covering those. With runes. the knot work, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look, they look fantastic. Uh, so hang out for those guys. Uh, keep an eye out on Forge World for that. But that was actually the first announcement he made for Horse Heresy. Uh, second announcement, he actually pulled out of there the complete, completed, uh, Horse Heresy rulebook, and he actually said. That it's basically Warhammer 40k 7.1 is what he said. So it looks like they're not straying away from the main 7th edition rules. Uh, it does look like, and he, he did say that this should be available next month. It's at the printers right now. So Well, and him saying 7.1, I'm glad because maybe they've fixed some things that were obviously needed fixing, like invisibility, you know, possibly, you know, whatever. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So hopefully hopefully they came back and looked at the FAQs we sent them so long ago, a, a year now back in regards to the uh, the questionable rules, and hopefully they went back and readdressed them before they went to the printers. But, you know, we really... Oh, yeah. Now, I will I'm say sure, most, a vast sure majority of... checks in the mail. <laughs> a, a, a vast majority of our FAQ questions pertained to heresy specific like unit rules and th- like it would the the only thing that i think that we put in there that would have had to been addressed by the main rule book was the multi bombing yep. issue and if you lose the like there's a section in one of the books that says if you have no models on the table you lose immediately meaning that if you play drop pods and you whether you go first or second if you have a whole drop pod army as soon as the game begins before you place your first drop pod you lose because it says immediately. Mm. Yep. So hopefully so they cleared that. It up. would it would make like shit like orbital assault 
like insta lose. Well, you just lose. Yeah, insta lose. Where you, <laughs> you go first or game? second? You lost a game. Oh man, which obviously that's doesn't make any amount of sense. Like that's an obvious typo or somebody didn't think when they typed that out. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see, man. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see what they did change. Uh, we'll definitely, I mean, if it's coming out next month, if it's printed next month, man, I'm be super excited for that. I mean, as soon as we can get our hands on a copy or a digital copy, we'll definitely go over the show to let y'all know the differences and all that he, stuff. They also yeah. asked him about going forward and he said, the rules that we have are these rules and this is what we have. And they work great. Meaning Thank to me that God, yeah, it, it didn't sound to me like they had any plans on moving away from this style of rule set. I can tell soon. you this. I'm. I will buy. I'm going to buy. I think the interactive version of this one, like the one I can get on my phone that yep. has the hyperlinks to rules, so it's super easy to look shit up. Yep. And you know, you, like if I'm like, oh, he has this rule. It's a hyperlink. Click on it. It tells me what it is or what the profile of the weapon is. I'm going to do that. But I'm super stoked that I don't <clears throat> like. I don't have a cloud of shit hanging over me like i'm waiting for the rules to change and it to invalidate all my past purchases i guess is a you know why i'm i'm really glad they're doing this well and it's it's supposedly going to include like the fortification book so and then also it obviously is going to include the rules that you needed from the so before you had to have your seventh edition rule book you yep. had to have your black book with all the basic missions and the changes to the core rules to play heresy, and stronghold then you also had, then you also had to have the stronghold assault book. Yeah. So you had to have a minimum of three books plus your army book. Supposedly, this will combine all of that shit, except obviously your relevant army book. Hey, and since then, it's since it's a red book, do you think it will be? It'll have like any artwork in it or anything like that. I don't think so because no, the, none okay. of the red books really have any of that. They, they may have like little things in the margins, like in the red book, all that there is is the little fluff in the margins, and then in the background where the words are actually printed over it. Sometimes you have like a real faint, like piece of art or something like that, like some faint, like some some like battle scene with like people who they didn't edit out of the picture. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with a tourist in it, a little Asian tourist. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me if I saw that, they said they couldn't find the page. I was like, oh no, I photoshopped the Asian tourist one. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, that was Photoshop? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that they made it out to the internet beyond my control. <laughs> I was like, but there are people the in them. game is strong. <laughs> <laughs> I unleash it to the wild. I don't know when they come back. Uh, so, but yeah, so that's super exciting. They said 200 pages, so that's something definitely look out for. Uh, I mean... And, and, and I guess rolling off of that and like continuing on with that. Uh, so if y'all remember last year, and I know we have new listeners that have no idea that we did this. I've, I've slowly, like in our Patreon chat, we talk about the cakes and people come forward and they're like, what are y'all talking about cakes? Like, what are y'all talking about cake FAQs? Uh, touching base to all you new listeners that have come on now, probably within like the, the past few months or so. Last year, about November, we actually gathered all of the Forge World uh, Legion FAQs for 30k that were kind of out there and we took a like just a base you know what questions do you have and we threw them onto eight sheet cakes that we sent to Nottingham uh, we had a well, guy we first met, emailed them like several times and also to their Facebook and never got responses that's yes. key yeah key key 
And so we thought we'd be like really nice to them. Like originally the original conversation, Ryan had mentioned, Hey, let's send them a fucking, uh, like a, a barbershop quartet, like joking around. We'll have them sing these like FAQ questions to them. And, uh, and, and we actually, we, we actually did find a barbershop quartet in Nottingham. That's probably a funny thing about it is that that actually yeah. did happen. They, they exist. You can hire them. They'll read anything. Keep that in mind. Like for future, yes. <laughs> for future purchase purchases, so you it, could get it, a barbershop. It almost shop. happened. Like, you know how Michael is when I come up with some silly shit, squirrel brain, Michael is on it. Oh, like, it's, it, it's... it becomes a side project and it happens. So I was, I had to like put the brakes on. I'm like, let's not send them a barbershop quartet because that's maybe a little annoying. So <laughs> we got to come out with something that will get their attention but isn't that extreme. So we settled on sending them sheet cakes with rules printed on them. Yeah, because like you they get to enjoy them. They get to they get to enjoy the cakes and then at the same time they're like, "Oh yeah, we better get off our asses. We better, you know, take care of these rules. Let's go ahead." They were nice enough to send us cakes and all this stuff. So they got the cakes, man. We saw the cakes got delivered. The the dude who delivered them took pictures. It was badass. We got the cakes to Forge World HQ. They got them. All right? They even mentioned them on the live stream. Yeah, they even mentioned them. Uh, Rob, powerful Rob, actually mentioned it in the live stream that yes, we did get your cakes. Uh, they're taking pictures of them right now. And then, radio silence. We heard nothing about these cakes. Nothing ever came about these cakes. You know, they 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 ate them. They finished them off. It was a Friday. I will admit, it was a Friday. They got the cakes. So we're thinking that maybe they somebody ate the cakes. It was the weekend. Then it was about almost like Christmas time after that. So it was just maybe you know sometimes. It just kind of got overlooked. Who knows? Whatever. Some fucking intern smashed our cakes and then didn't answer our questions. <laughs> something, dude. Something. <clears throat> so anyway, so that happened last year. We sent these cakes to Forge World. Each one of them had uh, six or seven FAQ questions. And the eighth cake actually had a, a note from Forge World that basically said that we appreciated all the work they were doing. Uh, that we, you know, that, you know, we would appreciate if they stayed with, you know, the horse heresy rules as a separate edition, because this is before they had, you know, before we knew for sure that they were going to not move to eighth. Uh, so fast forwarding a year and, you know, we are 60 more episodes down and now we still haven't heard anything. So luckily for us, since Tony Cottrell was talking last Thursday on this this event, we have enough tendrils in the community and enough supporters of our podcast that we had some uh, some insiders in the chat of the Warhammer TV live stream. And powerful, powerful Eric, I believe is who it was, asked multiple times. Like, I went back and watched the live stream. You can watch the chat. <laughs> He's sitting there. Whatever happened to the FAQ cakes? Whatever happened to the FAQ cakes? Did you get the FAQ cakes? Like, he... Powerful, powerful Eric. And so he's going in there. He's just completely just berating them. Like, what about FAQ cakes? What about FAQ cakes? What about FAQ cakes? And finally, they asked it. And I'm guessing the poor the poor new announcer, like, unfortunately has no idea that this is probably one of the no-go questions. Like, don't ask them to answer this question. He asked. <laughs> he asked Tony Cottrell. He said, hey, Tony, this guy wants to know, whatever happened to the FAQ cakes? Did you ever get them? And Tony immediately responded, and I think he was just joking around, but he said, we never got them. We never got the cakes. I don't know what cakes you're talking about. We never got them. Send more cakes. Like, that. always send cakes. That's what he said. He said specifically, always send cakes. So, next Thursday, Andy Hoare, the current 
Alan Bly of Forge World is what we believe. That's what we've been led to believe at this point. Last episode, we asked you guys if you knew who the head honcho was that replaced Alan Bly. Well, I mean, we finally got that information floating through the ether. It finally made its way back to us, and we found out now it's Andy Hoare. So, or, or oh, That's, what we, That's yeah. what we heard. I don't, don't know if it's Hoare. Like... I don't know if it's Oer. I don't know. It's H-O-A-R-E. If I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. It might be Oera. Like the guy from I don't know, like the guy from know. Robin Hood. Like yeah, like the Wah. guy from Robin Hood with the knives. <laughs> so this is what we did. So as soon as we found this out, uh, we went ahead and got a hold of a company in Nottingham called Nottingham Cakes. All right, these people make gourmet cakes. They make beautiful cakes. They make them for weddings and stuff like that. And apparently, they make them for podcasters out of the United States because they they've officially we we licensed and you know, hired them to make a Radio Free Estevan cake that will be delivered by 10 a.m. on Thursday to Forge World HQ. And they are writing across the top of it in big black letters on the box for Andy Hoare or O'Air, whatever spells name. I don't know whatever you say. So they're going to deliver it to the receptionist desk. And on this cake, it's just like we didn't want to do the whole FAQ thing again. So this time around, we just had it say, you know, a, a thank you to Forge World. For one, because they got a book on the way. Like, we do have to tell them thank you for that. Like, if for some reason, Forge World, you're listening right now, which we've heard you are, then thank you for these rules coming out. Thank you for this 7.1 edition. I really think it's it's just don't take points away. But definitely thank you for, for these rules coming out. But uh, so we have the thank you on there, and then at the very bottom, it says, "P.S. Always send cakes, Tony Cottrell." So like it's a quote from Tony Cottrell to always send cakes. So that'll be going to them next Thursday at ten, and if you remember correctly, Thursday at I believe eight a.m. our time, which is uh, whatever time UK time. I'm guessing it's like two thirty or three thirty their time, uh, eight a.m. Central Standard Time. Andy Hoare will be on that Warhammer TV. So if you just want to jump in there and ask them if they got that cake, we'd appreciate that. If you could just like mob up, like if y'all can mob up on that <laughs> chat and just ask them, you know, what's up with the cakes, you know, I'd, harass I'd, him. Yeah, just, just harass them, you know, maybe they'll show the cake. Maybe let's just, you know, we just get, kind of get all you listeners in there this Thursday coming up. That's the, what that's the 26th. I think if yeah, the Thursday, the 26th, if y'all can just get in that chat and uh, let them know, let them know, you know, hey, what's up with the cake? Did you get a cake today? Did you get a cake? Definitely appreciate it. So, but hopefully, I don't know. There's, well, because we're still going to need those FAQs questions answered. So we're definitely going to have to resubmit the FAQ to Forge World on Thursday. So tell them to check their emails. Like, if you could just let them know, hey, Forge World, check your emails. There's a bunch of FAQs for the Legion books in there because that that's something that will not get cleared up with this rulebook drop. So these are nope. going to be things that that do need to get answered. And that it's, it's and, then, and once again, guys, these are FAQ questions that we gathered from the entire community. So it's it's everybody's FAQ questions. We have workarounds for them. We have answers that we play the game with. Adepticon has their own answers. I mean, there's answers to play against this, but if we could just get some solid ruling on these questions, and it'll just clear. It'll clear the air. These questions will clear the air. Am I right? Like, like these. Well, everything but book seven. We didn't put any of the book seven ones in there. Yeah, no book seven stock. But <laughs> so anyway, so there's that. So that, that's that's what's happening this Thursday, guys. Uh, 
Cake Thursday. Just remember. Enjoy. Enjoy your cakes. Yeah, enjoy your cake. Cake. It's a 10-inch cake. I put no effort into this. This is all Michael. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't be doubted. <laughs> it's the... It's we. I say we. I say we very strongly. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't let you guys down. Most things that involve us usually <laughs> him, actually. So. Uh, so that's it for that. Do you have anything you want to add on the cakes? Very nope. cool. Hope they enjoy them. And if you're a Nottingham listener, so here's the thing: fifteen pounds to deliver a cake is pretty bonkers, if you ask me. So, if you're a Nottingham listener, uh, I will pay you 15 pounds so you can buy warmer stuff to deliver cakes or deliver anything if you're a nottingham listener get in contact with me michael Montalongo. if we Facebook. don't get a response from this one and you send more cakes uh they deserve to charge you three times the amount sir i'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> i'm just saying well, hopefully we get something out of it hopefully we get some response i expect maybe it's no some response. kind of british cake racket they have going on yeah i don't know <laughs> they're just like this fucking dude from texas is gonna keep sending us cakes don't respond don't like michael's <laughs> the kind of guy that pays girls to kick him in the balls <laughs> to step on them yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> kinky but no for sure like if you're if you're in nottingham and you want to help us out as far as like arranging shit and you have like a fuel efficient car we'll definitely we'll get you we'll get you in there like i just want to like if, if they don't if they don't respond to cakes this time man who knows Oh, well, we're going to send him a meanly worded cake. <laughs> a sternly worded cake. A sternly, a, some sternly worded cookies. They're going to get downgraded. So, that's it for that. That's it for cakes. I guess now we'll talk about the list drop box. A powerful, powerful okay. list drop box. Okay. Do you want to start it off or do you want me to start off? Start it off. I didn't do shit. I just wrote the list. Okay, so y'all all know. Then, oh, okay. go ahead. Yeah. So y'all know that Ryan writes a list every episode. He, I mean, he writes multiple lists every episode, and we discovered in Ryan's phone he has over three hundred and something lists in there. And so we've been. And that's probably only that's probably only two thirds of them because I used to use Battle Battlescry, and so these are when I switched to Quartermaster, which would have been. I don't even know like what episode number we switched to corner. When I was, or when I was on the train, it was November. Yeah. So November of last year, it's every list from November of last year until now, and it was over 350-some lists. Good God. So Ryan has 350-something lists inside of his phone. So we extracted all of these lists out of Ryan's phone, Actually, out of his iCloud. If you go look, Quartermaster has a save file in your iCloud. We extracted all of these lists out of his iCloud, took out all the ones that were his personal lists and all the OP ones and all the stuff, and we, we removed those out. There were some that were stricken from Imperial Record for public safety, is what I like to say. Exactly. <laughs> the black lists. The, the, the black lists. The, the dark lists. So Michael was dying laughing at the names. I was like, uh, the one that's called... Crazy dick list or mega dick list. Don't put that. That doesn't need to see the light of day. The one that says this. And he was, he got a kick out of it. Remove the one that says mega dick kicker list. Oh, okay. That one's stricken from record. Let's put it in your personal, <laughs> personal folder. There we go. <laughs> we'll see. Then you read that list and you're like, Jesus Christ, nobody can see this. Like, Did you look at it? No, I haven't seen it. I have not looked. Okay. I, 
I struck it from record and I removed it from my mind. There you go. So anyway, we took all of these lists and we put them on a Dropbox. So Ryan's list are now in some list library sitting in a Dropbox. And I feel like this Dropbox, if this Dropbox was, I don't know, if it was a person, it'd be worn the fuck out. Like I, I feel like once we release this Dropbox list, we threw it in the Patreon chat. We threw it into the Patreon as announcement and went to all your guys. Like if you're a Patreon supporter, check your email because it is covered with a Dropbox announcement with 200 and what is it? 253 lists. Of just yeah, we every, got rid of a, roughly a hundred of them yeah. that were redacted. So every list that Ryan has written for this show is inside that Dropbox link, and I'm guessing like I, I guess we have just have to publicly launch this thing. I don't I don't know how we're that's gonna get a, out there. Yeah, that's on you. I just gave you the list. Whatever you do with them is up to you. I'm thinking I'm thinking we need to find somebody to build us a website, and like just have them like categorized because most I, of all of them were written for the show but some of them haven't ever been read out just because we get so many lists we can't read all of them out loud so a lot of the times i will just write the list and then email them to the person and go over the with them in messenger or email so a lot of the lists have never you know if you all you do is listen to the show um well i guess everybody but me doesn't even and the person i sent them to um you know have never seen them or read them before exactly or if someone just asks for like feedback or some such, you know, we don't yeah. really exactly. So, guys, if you're interested in this list, uh, they will we will announce them more publicly at some point. But for right now, you're just gonna have to go ask your local Patreon supporter and get it from them. I can't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know like how to. We we will get them out there. But right now, they're out there. There's a Dropbox link. So, uh. Secret Santa announcement that should be going out. Once again, this is more of a <laughs> Patreon thing. Uh, we have Secret Santa. Guys, check your emails. This should actually went out today. I actually saw mine. I see who I'm paired up with. So it looks like I got some fun stuff to be buying for Secret Santa. Uh, did you guys sign up for Secret Santa? Are y'all Secret yes, Santa? Yes, sir. Yes, I, I did know too. Who. I, I can who. say who mine is because it's the it's, I got Jamie, the guy who's arranging it. So the guy who set up the secret santa who has to mail out who everybody's secret santa is is who i got so it's not a secret he knows who he knows who i'm gonna give him. a suspenseful hint someone is getting a primark from me <gasps> oh oh Ooh. yeah so huh uh somebody's getting something uh much nicer painted <clears throat> than i can paint for me uh whoever i have is getting some black label painting stuff for sure like absolutely getting black label painted stuff. i know what michael's getting because i was uh, reached out to by uh whoever has michael to see what michael might need or want jesus oh, this is gonna get exciting oh, okay <laughs> she's, she's up there now yeah <laughs> i see her yeah. that's safe Looks like your rhinos are about to take a fucking dive off that case, my man. There used to be a thunder. There used to be a thunder rock up there where she couldn't fit. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she figured it out now. For those of y'all asking, my cat is on top of my display case, and is like loving the new height. She's smelling all the things in the air. She's looking down on us like we're plebs. Love it. Yeah. So that's it for Secret Santa. 
Uh, closer patches, man. So for all of you people out there that have been submitting your closer patches to us, for one, Tim got his closer patches in. So well, officially the Australian pipe is now open. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start forwarding the emails that came in to us for, from Australia, New Zealand, and all that. We're going to start funneling those towards Tim. Uh, Monday, I should get the final proof so our English pipeline can start opening, which is the Legion of Lies podcast. And so you English fellas will start getting yours. And then I think the following week, the Varangian Heresy people will start getting their proofs approved and all that stuff. It didn't take very long to get to Tim, but I think it's because he's like right there next to China. And then Tim went the extra step and created a super secret closer Facebook that if you get a closer patch, I think he's adding everyone to a secret Facebook group that you can only get into if you're Son a closer. Of a bitch. Tim, what the fuck, man? Why am I not in this Facebook group? Is that a thing? Was I not supposed to say that? Uh, hey, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. Fucking I got added. your little Australian kangaroo ass over your phone. <laughs> Add me to that fucking group, man. <laughs> I got I got added and was immediately berated for not being a closer. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, like right like... right now it's just closer admins. I don't know how I got added in because Michael always invents this shit, and then I get drug into it. I get all the email. Michael invents things, and then everyone emails me to ask me about the things that Michael invented. That's how life works. Apparently. Even even though I'm very clear on how these <laughs> things work, I'm still telling people they need to send me a fucking address. Like, come on, people, get it together. Like. <laughs> I, I can't wait for me to leave this podcast and Michael still to be doing it like three years later and me still getting emails three years after I've not been on the podcast. It's, it's like hey, Michael said. <laughs> can you can you get this done? Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So, closer patches went out. Uh, all of the American closer patches. Uh, while I was sitting at Legacy, I was stuffing envelopes. I got them all packed up and everything like that. Uh, I, didn't ret- I didn't put a return address. So if you don't get them within the next like week or so, uh, definitely contact me directly, Michael at warmer30k.com. Don't contact Ryan and uh, let me know if you just didn't didn't get one, and I'll I'll see where it's at. Um, because all the American ones are fulfilled now. Uh, the Canadians, you Canadian guys, I gotta figure out how to mail a letter to Canada. I think there's a special international stamp that I have to put on there. So that's gonna be have to be something I gotta I gotta do some googling on. Can we not get a, uh, uh, Age of Darkness or I know there's a, another Canadian there's a brand new Canadian podcast too. Oh, the brothers, uh, not the brothers, the uh, the boys of the Golden Throne. I can get AJ and fucking Teo to mail them yeah, out. We we could do that. All right, I'll do that. I like those boys. They're pretty cool. They are dressed up like Tim and Michael this weekend. Yes. Yes, one of them had a Billy Ray Cyrus wig on straight up, and I sent them Achy Breaky Heart from Billy Ray Cyrus, just totally unsolicited. So I'm pretty sure they saw that video and was like, what the, like, they probably didn't put two and two together that their wigs looked exactly like Billy Ray Cyrus's haircut from the Achy Breaky music video. Where the fuck, yeah, okay, so I saw AJ wearing his uh, booty shorts, and... uh, Is he the one in the gold shorts? No, no, he was one of the blue jean shorts. Who had the gold shorts on? I don't know who that was, but that was not like I, I did not see Teo. Well, he's he's a handsome man. Who AJ? No, the guy with the gold shorts on. <laughs> oh, Big West, guy. This is me doing the... my best, Ryan Callen, trying to like compliment other <laughs> men on their physique. 
<laughs> he's at he's an athlete, man. He's definitely an athlete. He's got some powerful, yeah. powerful. I uh, was I was checking out his quads and shit. I was like, this guy <laughs> in these short quads. shorts, you know, these are short enough that if he wasn't wearing the proper underwear, that nutsack could be hanging out. He'd have a fucking uh, Liberty Bell action going on between his legs. <laughs> This guy weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know if you could like say that in public. Like if we were to go up to that, it's like you're a good looking man. <laughs> like, there's some powerful delts you got there, bud. You work out? Yeah. How much you bench? Take your shirt off and send me some pictures in that Billy Ray Cyrus wig. <laughs> yeah. Maybe dance around a little bit. Maybe I don't know. Fucking put some music on in the background. Let's make it fun. Let's let's party. I mean, I, I'm married and everything, but I don't mind a few pictures now and then. I just <laughs> it, you know? I'm not close-minded. I live in a progressive society, sir. Yeah, it's it's just art. It's just it's about the art. It doesn't. It's not about anything else. It's just about nothing art. Sexual man. Yeah, I nothing mean... sexual. Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. <laughs> if y'all just want to go ahead and just start popping y'all shirts off, getting some pictures of Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. His phone number. No play. <laughs> Hang on, my wife's sitting right here. Uh, I'm going to need your password to that email account. <laughs> <laughs> my wife wants to stare at some man meat. That's yeah, what she's fucking... Sean, the violence is going to immediately get you some get you some emails. <laughs> and... On uh, apron calendar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you apron wanna... calendar. We can do an apron calendar. We'll get yeah, yeah. Some, some doudoir photos. Oh, some doudoir? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's actually a fucking badass picture that y'all need to see that it was in our it was on our personal chat. Like so for sure we have some badass like apron photos of people wearing our aprons in cool fucking places and shit like that. And so uh you know, we, we definitely uh definitely have Emily those reserves at her bakery. Yeah, I know, I've announced that. Like that's fucking cool as shit. That yeah. So we have all these uh, cool apron photos everywhere, all this place. Like, you know, uh, powerful Alistair is wearing his and his uh, his armor and stuff like that and just everything. Like, there's cool photos out there, but this is probably one of my one of my favorite photos. I'm going to show you guys real quick. Look. I can't that's a, see. That's a closer it's patch. A yeah, that's nice. Zach. Zach wearing oh. his closer patch on his uh, body on his, armor. On his body armor underneath his. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's pretty sweet. True closer. So Zach, that, that beard's getting pretty gray there, bud. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like it. are starting to come on fast. It's distinguished. It's distinguished. The <laughs> silver fox. The silver fox. <laughs> salt, salt and pepper here. Salt and pepper here. So, anyway. So, let's go ahead and see here. So, we got closer patches are on the way, guys. Keep an eye out for that. Uh... Next up on the list is Adepticon announcement. That's all you, Ryan. So, this was the crazy thing that happened. So, the announcement for Adepticon came out, and the they released what events would be at Adepticon, and the first thing everyone that is in our circles immediately... Shit on it. It's okay, you can say it. Yeah, I'm not trying to... I'm trying to be... There was people not wanting to go to Adepticon because of the announcement. Like, there was people who were like, eh, I'll just go next year when they figure shit out. Like, it was, like, pretty much like that. Like, it's, it's simple. 
Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, I'm not. I mean, it just was like this isn't something I'm making up or whatever. Like, and it it was it was in multiple places. It started. We were just talking in the podcaster chat, and I was kind of like, you know, I'm not super thrilled with it, but I'll still go. Um, but I'll just take a few tables for you know us, like all the podcasters or whatever, to play pickup games on because this is a big year. Like this, like tons of people are coming from all over the world. So I was like, well, I'll just take a few tables and we'll get to play the games we want to play, you know, on those tables. Then over in our patron chat, totally with it unrelated, people were talking about it over there, how they weren't super thrilled with the lineup. Um, just because, you know, most of the formats are 2,000 points or below. And then a lot of them are like what I would consider side game formats. I mean, do you is that fair to say? Like, yeah. Well, they've 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 always had the side game formats. It was just like, but they've always been in addition to more traditional. Exactly, exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So I'm not saying there's not a place for those things. Those things are great, but I mean, I don't think you should not have like some type of standard twenty five hundred point, you, you know, day of games you know, and replace that with Highlander or Centurion. That doesn't, you know, I don't know. That's just me. So once again, totally unrelated, Josh from TFL posts on Facebook about, hey, like on Adepticon's Facebook, that he's like, hey, I'm not happy about this because of these reasons. And I hadn't talked to Josh. We weren't in contact, whatever. Um, Josh isn't in the podcast patron thing. Um, or any of that. I, I don't, I'm not in any groups with Josh. I mean, me and him are buddies, but when we talk, it's just we, me and him talk one-on-one or call each other on the phone or whatever. So I just seen that he posted on Facebook because we're friends on Facebook. It came up. So I just got on Facebook, not thinking about it and just put, yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm not thrilled with it, this and that, but I'm still going to go and I'm going to bring a couple tables to play pickup games on. Basically trying to like, chill everyone out because people were starting to like overreact or whatever. So I was like, look, you know, there's no reason to not go. You should still go and have a good time. And I'm going to bring these extra pickup game tables. And if people want to play games on them, you know, they're there. It's not a big deal. Like there's like, you can basically, once you get there, do what you want to do, you know, outside of the structured event, I guess. Then I don't know why, but people kept tagging me in post like that's all i wanted to say i put it out there i wasn't trying to be whiny i wasn't trying to do whatever but then like people were responding directly to my post that post or making a new post and tagging me in it so then i like i felt compelled to answer because they're like tagging me in a post so then it like anyway it got kind of carried away so i just like ignored it i just quit posting on it but then talking to other people they kept like saying well somebody needs to like Basically getting on the Grand Legion guys and, like, throwing a fit and not really being productive, I guess. Is that fair? Like, I don't really know how else to yeah, play. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, it was it was basically people... Like, there was a time where there was a lot of people being unfair to to the Grand Legion. Like, that was... that. There was a time where it was like, you know... It was like, look, I understand you're not happy with the way things are going, but you're not offering any alternative. You're just like, you know, you're, you're just you, like you parading. You have to figure that these guys are also doing this for zero profit. 
Exactly. Yeah, you don't make money, and, and it's, it's hard, and they're traveling a, lo- a long way. And they, stuff, yeah. So. And, and so anyway, what happened was I reached out to them behind the scenes, and I just said, hey, guys, I, you know, you've seen me. I post this on Facebook. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to stir up any shit. Like, if I did, it was on accident. Like, I was literally just replying to Josh's post. Then everybody started tagging me. Like, it just got carried away. That said, there are, whether you agree with it or not, there are a ton of people that are looking to play this style of game and you're not offering it. Is there any way that under your banner or whatever, or even if you guys don't want it under your banner because you are you know who to talk to, that we could get space to set up some tables. I'll just bring more tables to Adepticon and we can set up some tables and place like some side games and I'll basically run it. You don't have to mess with it at all. Like it will be no extra work to you guys. And they were nice enough and cool enough to, you know, admit, Hey, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we weren't aware that people were that into playing this style of game. Like we, I guess we misjudged whatever. Yeah. That's cool. If you can have this much space and this time frame to run, you know, whatever event in it. So they're basically allowing on Thursday me to have 20 tables to run an event at Adepticon using their space. So they like it, it totally this they basically made this happen. Like I offered to do it but without them being on board it, there's no way it would have happened. And they walked me through the process to get me set up for Adepticon to run the event. So they went out of their way to do it, in my opinion. So I know a lot of people were mad originally at the lineup and all that, but you shouldn't be. Like Scott said, that this is something they volunteered to do. They've done a good job every year. I go out of my way to go to their events. I go to Nova. I've always had fun at their events. They're all great dudes. Whenever I see them, I walk up to them and give them a hug. Um, and they immediately, after me you know, sending a message off to them, replied and gave us the space to run the event. So... To me, the problem's been corrected. There's no reason to, you know, be salty about it. And now, not only do they have all their events, then with basically with my event, it's going to be 30 more people getting to play that wouldn't have gotten to play because we all know that all the Adepticon events sell out. Exactly. So, I mean, it's like a winner all around. Like, the fact that, for one, they're willing to accept outside help like that, they were, like willing to address the problem that they're immediately hit with. Like, I assume that they did not make their announcement with the idea that there was going to be so much negative feedback. But the, the, no, certainly with, not. Within hours, they were already on the horn and already fixing it. And, like, like we, we now have an event. Like, now there's now Ryan has an event like that he's going to be running. Like, that's... Well, and here's the thing on this. And I don't know if they... I haven't really talked to them about it. I told a few people... So they're, if they listen, this is the first time they're hearing it. This is not something that I want to do, at least in this capacity, the way I'm doing it, every year. This is a stopgap for this year. I want them... This is their event. This is what they do. I don't want to inject myself. I don't want to do whatever. It was just... I offered, basically, the tables. I would have been fine with just bringing terrain up there and helping them set it up and then them use all my shit and they run it. But it sounds like they're shorthanded and just literally don't have time to run the event. But um, this, I'm not like, this wasn't like some way to leverage myself in to have like some Adepticon event or whatever. It's really honestly not something I'm interested in doing 
more than this year, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I'm going to have to rent a trailer and basically move several game tables. And I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Like I know that they know that it's a pain in the ass. They do it every year. It's not like you get paid to do it. Um, so I, I'm just hoping that we use this as a stopgap, and then going forward, they, they still run the event and then maybe, you know, just basically add this to their repertoire. And then I can go back to just being an attendee instead of running an event. That's ideal for me. <laughs> Game on, dude. Game on. Plus, we got Iowa Horse coming. We got to. We got to make sure we pull all the stops out for him. You know. Right. Right. Powerful. Powerful Iowa. Yep. And even though I won't be at a DefCon, I still will get to actually meet and see those guys at Ryan's place because he's only a short drive away from where I live. So I'll just bring guns and hard drugs up to Indiana instead of Chicago. Where they're more legal than they are. (laughs) Yes, they're more legal there than they are in Chicago. Nothing's legal in Chicago. You can't have a stapler in fucking Chicago. You can't have mini bottles in Chicago. Of course. You can't have mini beer, like mini liquor bottles in Chicago. Because that would make that city dangerous, and we just couldn't have that, could we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, full size bottles only. We we wouldn't want to. uh, We wouldn't want to to target the Nick. We wouldn't want to char- tarnish the nickname that they have of Chirac by bringing <laughs> any... Jesus Christ. Places in Afghanistan I felt safer than in that fucking city, so... <laughs> I didn't realize, but, um, like, a couple years back when we brought all those black velvet mini bottles in there that we were breaking the law. Like, we were importing, like, mini bottles into Chirac. My bad. But, anyway, the, the event I'm running, there's going to be 30, 30 spots for the event and it's just going to be a two round event because uh i wanted to run bigger non-apocalypse games so when you come you're going to have the option of playing uh three thousand point games or where you play two thousand points but you're on a team with two other people so your side will have six thousand points versus another team of three people with six thousand points and like i said it's just going to be two rounds so you're either going to get to play Two 3,000-point games or a 3,000-point game and a team game of 2,000 points per player with six players at the table. That'll be the two options. Very cool. Two rounds, man, just – and narrative. So it's going to be – you're yep. going to have to call your – call your uh, let's go call your Primarchs, call your characters. It's going to be classic. Yep. Classic Adepticon style, really. Like, yeah. And then – um. I plan on doing uh, every table will have its custom mission, which is kind of my thing, like I do here, where I design my terrain around a mission. Um, I'll make all the missions very straightforward. They won't be anything crazy. It'll be something, because I, I, I don't want, I, I'm on short notice, and I don't want to do anything too elaborate. Um, I want them to be fairly straightforward, but the missions will be designed on the tables, so you'll get to play missions you've never played before. Um and it, it should be fun. It should be a very casual two-round event. We're going to have a really long lunch. We got all day, and then as soon as we're done, uh, we'll tear the tables down, and then they're going to use that space to run the big blam, which is like the apocalypse event. Because all the apo- all the uh, um, narrative heresy events this year, they got their own ballroom. So we're going to be in our own separate heresy ballroom that they can close the doors to, and everything that goes on in there will be heresy-related. Love it, dude. Super excited for that. 
Super. I'm kind of saddened that it's not next to the snack bar anymore because I did like just walking over and getting a hot dog or, you know, pizza and stuff like that. But, you know, very cool. It's in its own ballroom now. Yeah. So there's there's going to be all kinds of events. There's going to be – there's a Highlander event. There's a two-player team event. There's a 1,500-point Centurion event. There's an Apocalypse event. And then there's going to be my event, which is like just larger non-apocalypse games, more traditional heresy games, I guess. Yeah, games where you can have your Lord of War. <laughs> you can bring your fun Lord With, of War without without facing off against like fucking warlords and having forty people yelling at once. Exactly. So that's it for that man. Super excited for for that particular event at Adepticon. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Is that gonna is your is yours gonna be part of the one no Gamiza conflict is part of the only tracks, like the only one you can only pick one track. I don't know if I'm under their banner on my own. I'm just being honest. There's I a, really don't there's know a at this kicker point. people should be aware of, and this was a big like reason why I'm not going. You cannot buy a heresy track this year. You can only sign up for one event within the first twenty four hours the registration opens. And then after that, you just got to be fucking Johnny on the spot. So if that's your plan and you're planning on being there for a few days and you want to have a bunch of days, you know, a bunch of events stockpile for those four days, you better have some contingencies in place because I guarantee you this is how it's going to go. That 1,500-point event is going to have a shitload of slots open, and those two 2,000-point events are going to be the first ones people go after. So if you're planning on playing on those days, better have something else alternatively planned because you can only sign up for one of them within the first 24 hours. I wouldn't be surprised if every event sells out in the first 24 hours and everybody just gets an event. That's what I expect to happen. Yeah, so I'm just saying if you're going to be one of those guys who's in town for four days and you're coming from a really long way away and you want to make sure you have something to do for four days, you probably want to look at something outside of those events because they might not be there for you. Yeah, but I mean, there's going to be, like, it's bittersweet because it's one of those things where I've always wanted to take painting courses at Adepticon, but I've always just right. ran the full narrative track. So, like, there there is other things offering. I mean, still right. Blood Bowl. I mean, if that's something Age. that appeals to you, sure, man, you know, get all over it. For me, that's just not something I was super interested in, and I get to play a lot of pickup games and anything like that locally here, so I wasn't, like, going to cough up a bunch, you know, about 600 bucks over the weekend to stay in the hotel and everything in chicago so i get it you know that's my 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 choice as a consumer anyway but just saying if you're if you're a guy who's like hedging his bets on a narrative track or something there's that's not a thing so know that going into it so you can plan accordingly and make sure you don't get all butt hurt when you only get into one day yeah it is it is definitely different this year than from previous years and and honestly just saying i know you, what event i would fucking sign up for if i was going and could only do one yeah. i know exactly what event <laughs> i would sign up for so <laughs> it's not a highlander one either uh yeah it's not a fucking highlander i'll tell you that right now <laughs> but uh really guys if you're listening and you're planning on going to adepticon and this is all news to you. I always forget that, you know, I always feel like the news that we know is common knowledge. But there is an Adepticon Horus Heresy group on Facebook that they're making all of these announcements. That's where we're getting all of our information from. So, like, you can already get the players packs. You can already get the missions. You can get everything. Yes. Well, I don't know missions, actually. Now that I think about it. 
be the rules and everything. No, nah, like they that. usually give the missions out the day of. They just give you. Usually, you just have yeah. very generic information. At least in years past, that was the case. So play, players' packs are out and announced. It's actually a pinned post in the Adepticon Horse Heresy group on Facebook. If you want to go to there, this is where we're getting all this information from. Uh, we live it every day. I mean, we have. Uh, once again, you know, we, we're in a chat that does not stop 24-7. It's always going. So when news drops, we find out immediately. I always forget, you know. Oh, I just a assume. chat? We only have a chat? It's like seven chats. <laughs> yeah, Let's be real here. Fucking, oh, Jesus Christ. Man. So, yeah, it's it's fucking bonkers. So, so like, for those of y'all out there listening that are not members of this group that are going to Adepticon, we got our information from the Adepticon Horse Heresy group. Uh, everything blew up this past what Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. I think it was actually yeah. Tuesday. Nothing about it, but that's where we got all our information from. It was pretty wild. Uh, but if you want to go check that out, that's you'll know which events are what and everything. You'll know which horse heresy track. If anything, I'll I'll share the uh, the Dropbox link for all the games that they're going to be playing and and what days what's going to happen that way. That way you can see it. You just go to our Facebook page as well. So yeah, Well, my my have... event's on Thursday. The Apocalypse game is also on Thursday right after my event. I think that Friday is the, like, 1,500-point Centurion event. Or no, the Centurion event is on Thursday. Uh, also, that's running at the exact same time as my event, I believe. Then on Saturday is the 2,000-point... Highlander. Or what? No, sorry. Friday is the two thousand point Highlander, and then Saturday is the two thousand point two on two team games. Yes. Yep. And then Sunday is the team tournament for the competitive track. And if you if you have any questions about those events, you got it would really behoove you to join those Facebook groups because the Grain Legion is the mod of those and they will answer your questions with first hand responses and stuff. And yep. also I I think he did it last year. I don't know if he is this year. I haven't looked at the events list for the painting stuff or anything, but um Mark I know does painting courses. He's doing at least a weathering class because so, I yeah. If it was me and I was trying to find out information about that course and what to bring and I was to know that, I would join that Adepticon uh, Facebook group as well so I could talk to Mark about it and find out what his expectations are as far as what I was bringing so I could get the most out of my uh, my time there. Yeah, and he's super legit at weathering, so yeah, that's if, if I have time, I, I plan on taking his course. <clears throat> Dig so, it. Boom. So Adepticon... Adepticon schedules need to start getting made. Like, if, if you want to get into everything you want, now's the time to start planning, and now's the time to start getting an idea yes. of what tracks you want to get into. Because once November... Was it November 11th? Is that the day registration opens up? So, yeah. yeah. At eight, Usually it's at 8 a.m. Or, sorry, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Central, 9 yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it often opens one minute early. And if you don't think that matters, you've never fucking re tried to register you've for the Adepticon out. You've let the secret out. <laughs> do, do that not. one minute you fake is make or break, buddy. So get on it. Do not let your fucking <laughs> your Chrome autofill your credit card because it will not work on that system. <laughs> and you will be fucked. <laughs> so... Little tips and tricks, boys. Little tips and tricks. Yeah. So, 
next up on the list, cultural exchange. So you got something from Emperor's Path, first off. Yes. So when I was at MKA, I forgot to mention this, and I was just unpacking my bags and found them when I cleaned my basement. The Emperor's Path gave us these sweet, sweet stickers. So I got this whole stack of stickers. So I'll get them distributed to the rest of the podcast. So we got some that just have like their little logo on them. We got some with this uh, cool little Space Wolf character. This one says, uh, anything else is Hera tea. And it's a Space Wolf drinking a mug of tea. Um, and then we got the Emperor <laughs> Protects Sometimes. And it's uh, Space Wolf screaming uh, in... Uh, well, I guess he would be upset there, and it his dice are showing double ones. Where nah, man, he just... he's <laughs> he's failed the three inch charge. This is what happened. This is the face you make when you fail a three inch charge. Or that's the face of insane heroism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just running forward. He just rolled his insane heroism roll, or insane. What is it? Is it insane heroism? The double ones for leadership. Oh, it's a. Uh... I don't remember what it's called. It never happens to me, but yeah. <laughs> He's super good. So thank you, Emperor's Path. Thank you for the sweet stickers. We'll go stick them on random stuff on all sorts of public places. And, yep. uh, and then we, we also got a giant package in from Sweden of just a ton of Swedish snacks from Freddy over at uh, Varangian Heresy. He sent us a whole bunch of like Hard candies, chocolate candies, cookies. What else did we get, babe? Some beef jerky and cheese. Yeah. The cheese oh. and the tubes, man. Woo! God damn it. They're, I guess their version of, like, they don't have, like, cheese whiz over there. They have, like, these giant, they look like uh, liquid nails. Like, the the liquid the tubes <laughs> of liquid nails, like the metal tubes. The metal it tube. looks like... Chugoo tubes. It looks like that, and it's like a metal tube, but it's like a toothpaste tube, but it's huge, and it's full of flavored cheese. And you squeeze it out on a cracker, and it will change your life, son. It is good. Me and Scott, like, destroyed half a tube. We It'll ate fucking it. get you right, man. It is delicious, that we, shit. We ate a whole box of sociable crackers with fucking uh, rain, smoked reindeer-flavored cheese. Oh. And it Let was, me tell um, you something I didn't know. If I see reindeer anywhere, I'm killing that motherfucker immediately and harvesting it for everything it is because that is delicious. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> even know what it was. Shit. It's got and a bunch of Swede writing on it. We can't I know. read. I felt like I was Freddy while I was eating it. I felt like I was Freddy in like the Miami Vice regalia where he's in like a Speedo and huge glasses and a gold chain around his neck sitting on the beach like with chest hair out like drunk <laughs> eating this cheese the sun is like slowly going down behind me in the horizon eating reindeer smoked flavored cheese <laughs> reindeer smoked yeah. flavored cheese I feel like okay this is a scenario I feel somewhere in Sweden has happened I feel like somebody has been really hungry but too tired to get up and they were trying to squeeze the last bit of cheese out of the tube and so they whipped out their pocket knife cut open the tube to get the last of the cheese out and because it's a metal tube they cut their finger on it and it was like god damn it like i feel like that happened like i don't know why yeah. like immediately when you told me it was a metal tube i feel like they cut their finger on the edge of the tube that they just cut open and because they were being lazy and they're like i should have just got up and got some more cheese or when freddy's too drunk and he fucking 
almost cuts his finger off trying to do that. <laughs> trying to get so, some more cheese out. They, they also sent these cookies that look just like uh, Chips Ahoy cookies, like we get over here in the in the package. They they pretty much look at like almost the same packaging, but they're fudge filled in the middle. So they have a soft, creamy fudge in the middle of a chocolate chip cookie. God damn it. Chips Deluxe with peanut butter cups. I don't know why. Uh, it was good. They also had these little chocolates. Um, what was the packaging like? What's a candy that's like in the little knotted packages where you just like pull the edge? You know Warthers? what I'm talking about? They're Warthers? like. No, not Warthers. Yeah, like a Warthers Originals type thing. But they're chocolate. They're lime. They're like a chewy lime candy with chocolate on the outside. So it's like chocolate and lime. It's really good. God damn it. He also sent us these things called, um, what were the pipes? They were called something pipes. Sailor pipes or whatever. They look like a captain's pipe in a ship, but they're made of, they're licorice where you eat the whole thing and it's got like sprinkles and shit, like where it looks like it's tobacco in the end of the pipe. And they were, I don't like licorice, but they were really good. Um, Ate all that. What else? You ate. My wife ate a bunch of it. So you were gone, and I got the package, and I just like went through it, and I was like, "That's mine. That's mine. Yeah, I'm eating that." So yeah, I was at MKA when the package uh, got here, and it was already open, and half the shit was gone by the time I got home. So <laughs> perfect, perfect. The little heart candies that were licorice. I don't know who in their right mind would be able to eat an entire one. Those things were okay. Awful. So yes, the cheese <laughs> that we got was delicious, but we also got the worst candy in the world. There's no like, I, I can. Like, yeah, it was bad. It was like, the worst candy ever. Guantanamo it's like Bay level bad. Like, <laughs> oh dude, yeah, I would talk if they were like, "This is what you get to eat." I'd be like, uh. Um, call me a canary because I'm gonna fucking sing for you right now. Give me like I'll give you everything you need to know. They were covered in like the saltiest salt ever. Like it was like eating an entire salt block that you set out for deer all at once, and then it had like shitty licorice candy underneath that. And then when you got through that, in the core of it was. I can't even describe it. It was more salt, but it was like so intense that it would almost kill you. Like <laughs> it was so bad. It was like this extra little fuck you surprise at the end that was like you made it all the way this far and here's just some extra agony right after you made it this far. So bad. What were they called? Like what is that awful candy called? They're a little hard. Don't know, man. It's all in fucking Swedish. How am I oh, supposed to my know? Bad. You're right. You're right. It's in it's in Swede. Yeah, okay. Oh, man. Blackish something. It was like in these clear packages, and there were these little balls, and they were dried dog poop colored. Like it looked like a dried dog poop nugget that had been left in the sun, where it starts to turn white, but not quite. It's still a little brown. And my God, was it awful! I would have rather ate the dog shit that looked like that than any of that candy. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Love it. I was the only one. I made it through a whole candy. I ate one candy, made it all the way to the end, and chewed and swallowed it. Like, I ate one. And I felt like they should have flown the president of Sweden, or whatever the fuck they got, prime minister, council of elders, whatever they got over there, should have been forced to fly to America and pin a medal on my chest that I was able to finish that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But what's and, weird is the the same company 
made other ones. Like it's a whole line of candy because they were in the exact same packaging, but they were different colors. Like the strawberry ones were good and the apple ones were good and the banana ones were good. And we got to these ones that were brown and I'm like, I don't even know what this is supposed to be. And I put it in my mouth and I still don't know what it's supposed to be other than like a test of true manhood or something. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, in South America, they make you stick your fucking arms and gloves filled with bullet ants. Like, I feel like this is just as agonizing. It's just making you eat this terrible candy. (laughs) That sounds brutal. That's like, like surprise. This one sucks. Good luck. But everything else was delicious. The, 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 Fudge-filled chocolate chips were good. The lime candies were good. The, the the licorice pipes were good. The cheeses are probably my favorite thing. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, man. I was a pretty big fan of the cheese. That shit was legit. And uh, yeah. I could definitely see myself going a little too far with the eating that. It's a big tube, too, and we did some fucking damage on it. I mean, yeah, we, we ate uh, a, half the tube and a whole yeah, box of crackers. Back, as it turns out. So... Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, but thanks, Freddie, man. It, everything was awesome except yes. that one candy. Yes. And to be honest, even that one candy was kind of awesome because I made it through it, and I'm on the other side, and I feel like more of a man that I can That's suffer right. through. That's right. Probably made out some kind of fermented fucking fish. He buried it in his backyard. Oh fuck, dude. Oh, so bad. Something. <laughs> so this is how it went down. I ate one and realized it was the worst candy on the face of the planet. And then I advertised it as such and tried to give it to people. And I'm like, see if you can make it through this. No one else could make it through it. Everybody else put it in their mouth, immediately spit it out. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't even make it to the middle. You have to make it to the middle where it's the most insane. And no one could do it. So my wife literally hit one with a hammer and broke it open and then took a little piece of what was in the middle and put it in her mouth, like the smallest piece, and started gagging and immediately spit it out. Who eats this candy? Like, who is making this devil candy? (laughs) (laughs) There's some person, like, in Sweden who's like, oh, is that Death Hearts? I love Death Hearts. So I'm going to, Freddie, if you know what candy that is, bring some, like, bring one package to Adepticon, and if you, we'll have to do a bet. Like, if you lose the game, you're forced to eat, like, a piece of this candy. Bring enough to fill a glass bowl so we can just have a glass bowl full of it and we'll just make it. We'll put a little sign that says free candy. And like, we'll, just, we'll just fuck up everybody at Adepticon. Fuck. Oh, badass. Oh, God. No. We'll just all right. we'll, we'll cut them all in half so they get middles first. Uh, so If powerful. I get more, will you just one, Scott? Yeah, sure. I don't give a shit. I'll eat it. I've had worse. Fuck it. It's fine. (laughs) Josh is probably going to eat like six of them. He's like, these aren't bad. I love this. This is great. (laughs) Can I have the bowl? (laughs) Yeah. Free. I mean. Uh, All right. So we're on to voicemails now. You ready for voicemails? Let's hit it. Y'all are always ready for voicemails. Always in the game for voicemails. So first one. I just want you guys to know that down here in North Carolina, you guys have convinced me to play more Custos because nobody else is doing it. So somebody's got to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. You know how many Custos I got? I got 20 of these fuckers. I got a shield captain and 19 other fuckers from Fucktown with their fucking rules. 
thinking about, honestly, maybe get some stuff, too. Maybe some ships. I mean, the rules seem fair and balanced. I mean, they're definitely priced correctly. The rules are not broken, and they're a very fluffy army. Kind of like a leaf blower list back in 5th edition. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> That's all right, bud. Custodes it up. We got a list for you later. We yeah, got a list worry. for you later. <laughs> it's open we, season on your ass. We, so got, yeah, we, got, we got the medicine. You got the <laughs> disease. We got the cure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tables have turned, bro. There's a oh, price yeah. on your head. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy this. We're Stick about around. To... <laughs> it's like Good we're about to release. GT if you can next year. So uh, <laughs> we can do that ass up a little look, bit hey, all week hey, long for two hey, straight days. <laughs> look look into it. That's look, all I'm saying. Look, look, look into, into it. it. <laughs> Dude, that was... Oh, man. I can't, I'm not even going to go into that. That was the one Eddie Bravo gift later. The fucking tables had turned. <laughs> Holy shit. It's going to be a long 48 hours for you, bud. <laughs> that fucking tournament. <laughs> oh. Here's the next one. No, no, serious. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm going to start a Custos Army now. I've already got like 20 of these guys from the uh, starter set from the Battle of Pathero or whatever it was that, that I came in. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put these guys together just for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a Custos player doesn't doesn't know how to pronounce Prospero, uh, doesn't know what the starter box is called. Yeah, it sounds about like a Custos yeah, player. Very fluffy army. Yeah, yeah, very fluffy right. army. Use my number. <laughs> Fuck it. Beat it, nerd. <laughs> it's like it's like you know how the scientists like genetically altered that mosquito that's like sterile and makes other mosquitoes scare sterile and shit like i feel like you're releasing this onto the fucking public like you, you're about to murder a bunch of like poor mosquitoes there's a there. method to my madness trust like, me but i think we might have cured this problem like you're <laughs> very you, soon you're about to destroy the custodes ecosystem and oh, like yeah. it's about to it's well we're gonna go into a change here pretty soon I got the cure for that custom polio, baby. Everybody gets straight toes from now on. <laughs> Take them braces off, Forrest Gump. We got the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can run now, Forrest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, Michael, I'm listening to the, uh, the new uh, podcast episode. And uh, you guys are discussing the conversion uh, topic that I brought up. And friggin' awesome to hear that you had a Screaming Eagles chapter as well. I had a buddy of mine, he's actually the one that taught me how to play 40K, who uh, used to be in the 101st. And that's uh, making that uh, army was actually partially attributed to him. But we must be on a wavelength because that uh, Mark 2B with the wraparound tracks that you're talking about. That's actually a project that's in my project box. Um, I actually worked with the guy that uh, uh, does extra armor, and he worked out with me how to uh, use those tracks of his to get extra treads to do the wraparound, and sold me some uh, spares off of bad tacks so that uh, I could do it. And he's also got photos up on his page of somebody doing not the Mark IIb style, but with the full wraparound that uh, talked to him just after I did. I just haven't had a chance to do mine because it's in the project box. But I think it's freaking awesome we're right there on that same page with that conversion, too. Mm. Separated at birth, boys. 
separated at birth. We're practically we're practically brothers at this point. Like I, I can't. Right. Like I, I just wish that there was more reasons to have a Land Raider Phobos in my lists. That way I could make that conversion happen. But I'm gonna be making two, two Land Raider Phobos with some oppressor pattern tracks on them. I'm gonna send a picture to Michael of him and Will right now. Hang on just a second. Of me what? You and Will. You said you were brothers separated at birth, so I'm gonna send you a picture of you two together. Oh. Hang on. (laughs) If I can find it. This is compelling stuff. There you go. Good radio, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go and play this while you're doing that. Picture sent. Hey guys, I heard the story today about what y'all saw on that flight over Greenland, so I thought I'd share with you my story of weird things seen from airplanes. In 2014, I was flying over Africa. I was flying from London Heathrow to uh, Cape Town, South Africa. It's a great flight. It takes 12 hours. You stand at the same time zone. You go all the way down the length of Africa. So you leave at London, you know, like 7 o'clock in the evening, and about a third of the way through the flight, it gets dark. Now, I don't sleep on flights, and I had a window seat. I was really excited to be able to, like, look over and see, you know, down on the ground stuff happening in Africa, like towns and stuff. So we were flying over, like, Algeria, and it was midnight, and it was, you know, Sahara Desert, so there's absolutely no one down there, nothing going on. So I'm looking out the window, and you see, like, little towns, little, you know, camps and stuff, and that's how I saw it. looked like a, the size of a dime from... Where I was, I was up on a 747, you know, 30,000 feet, and it was green, kind of fuzzy looking, like uh, like a laser pointer almost. Closest thing I can think of was uh, I had an uncle who showed me a like a knight fighting hunting scope or something that looked kind of like that, like projecting a green dot, and was moving around kind of fast, like uh, like it was being controlled by someone on an aircraft, or like a searchlight or something, but it wasn't lighting up the area around it. That's not the weird thing, though. The weird thing was I watched as it moved, and it moved over an object that was way closer to us than the ground. Now, I maintain that I saw, like, a Predator or Reaper drone or something because it glided over it, and I saw, like, you know, the obvious outline of a long, thin wing and a long, thin uh, fuselage. So I'm watching that and just kind of glides over real nice, real dark. It's like shining a light on a, like a matte black surface. You just see, you just know it's the absence of stuff. And I watch the thing's wing just kind of blinks a little town out of existence and I come back. So I look around, it's a clear night and I'm not seeing any other aircraft out there. I'm looking out my window seat and I'm just like, damn, what the hell is that? Is that a UFO or something? So I mean, I guess it's technically a UFO because I don't really know what it was, but I mean, you know, so, all right, that's my uh, weird thing story. So, uh, thanks, give us a good work, love the show. So he saw, like, I'm, like, okay, so let's say this was a Predator drone that he saw. Let's say that he did see this Predator flying over Africa for some reason. Why, well, you know, we have soldiers in Africa, we just found out the other day, whatever. Anyway, what was the green light? That's probably more interesting to know what the fuck the green light was that was above that predator that was shining down onto the predator. Like, what was that? What if it, the, <laughs> oh, good. What if the green light? What was if what? it was like a some type of uh, 
something that the predator itself was shining around. Well, it said he said that it, the 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 green light was moving, and then it like went over the predator, and then like like got closer. Well, what if it was something that we had on the ground, and they were doing some type of testing, whatever, to try to maybe detect predator drones or whatever, and they. Well, just so happened he saw the test or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to observe it from the ground. He was above the predator. I know what I'm getting at is if you have a plane here and the predator's below and there's something on the ground trying to spot the predator. Well, but he said that the light went over the predator. Like that's how he knew it was closer. Like it went over the predator. Like he saw it on the top of the predator. So whatever um, was emitting I, the light had to come down from from space. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. That's wild. Did you see that? Maybe it was maybe it was a satellite doing something with the predator, like trying to map something while the predator flew over whatever. Yeah, speculations all over the board on this one, boys. Can't wait to start getting some emails back with people who are going to tell us, "Oh yeah, that was a me and, me and Jamie know a guy that works at the place where they uh develop that thing, that drone, and he runs a lot of the uh test sites where they test like radar detection and some other shit and we can maybe ask him if there's anything that emits a green light or what that could have been yes absolutely i would love that let's find out let's find out for him just there like, you have it just like he may not tell us <laughs> we like this guy he's super fucking awesome he's actually stayed at my house before super cool guy but god damn is he wound tight holy <laughs> shit that dude bleeds red white and blue um i mean i'm glad that there's people like that that take everything that serious but he will like literally you can ask him something he's like i am not allowed to tell you. like you will be like laughing joking around whatever and you're like hey you guys probably got something where you can look at iphones am i right ha 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 and he'll just like stop laughing right in the middle of it and be like if we did i could not tell you that and then go on about i'm like oh okay whoa whoa i thought we were just joking around <laughs> <laughs> he's the kind he's of guy the kind of guy that has a homemade ejection seat in his car for fucking <laughs> i don't know <laughs> He's the one that if you stand next to him in the stall while he's using the restroom, you hear the tidy whitey snap. The whoosh. (laughs) 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 Attention. Anyway. Dig it. Oh, so, by the way, so did you you see the, the, what do you call it? The the Reddit thread dedicated to your your picture? How wild that got? Of a mountaintop sticking through the ice cap? (laughs) No, I didn't. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Ryan probably has like a, a new worshiping group. If you go to that Reddit thread, I think we posted up the actual link to the Reddit thread. We? You, I did. Michael, I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I posted a link to the Reddit thread, man. It got it got pretty wild. I dropped it. I like I like salt bait it. I like sprinkled it into conspiracy theory subreddit. Like, here you go, boys. Pyramid above Greenland. And then so like I put what time Ryan's flight was and like what time like this thing was seen. Oh my god, it was bonkers. Like people were like, "Oh, this flight went here. It passed over at this point." Uh and then they went into Google Earth and they saw that Greenland's completely whitewashed out cuz I guess satellites can't see that much fucking snow. <laughs> like there's just Dude, reflection all the time of Greenland. Good. Reddit does not fuck around. All right. Do you do you remember the uh social experiment Shia LaBeouf did? We've on... talked about that on this show before. Oh, we're shit. On here. 
Weaponized oh, yeah. autism, okay. I believe, is what the, they the fucking is. found him, dude. It's so crazy. They were like seeing planes in the background and like triangulated where the flights <laughs> would come from and where like they timed when the moon like rose and when the sun set to determine where it would be at time zone wise in the U.S. and then started <laughs> they put tracking. Make flight. America Great Again hat up on top of the fucking flagpole. I, so funny. I think man. they also put his flag in a jar of piss. <laughs> oh god! All right, dude. dude all I belotted elude us for so they, long. They actually made, like a, they made a Wikipedia. They made a Wikipedia page called the War of Keck too. Like yep. made it like it Kick was a stand. military conflict. Keck, yeah, it was the the Great War of Keck, and they put like who the victims were, like what the casualties were, and one was like a jar of piss. Like it was pretty <laughs> ridiculous. It's pretty funny. Dude, all I like, I like how, like, I put it in this, like, conspiracy theory subreddit, right? Sprinkled it in. And I left it, like, I dropped the picture off. I left it, went to the Patreon chat, was talking to the guys a little bit, came back, and I had, like, I realized, I was like, holy shit, there's 20 responses. And, like, I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm looking, and, like, some guy's like, uh, OP, can you let us know, like, what, when, or, like, where, blah, blah. And then he's like, I guess OP went to sleep. It doesn't matter. We can do the math. And then they like just started going to town. And I was like, oh my God. And then when I woke up in the morning, there was like a hundred and something responses like of just like normal comments, like not even like comments within embedded in the comments where people are having full fucking discussions about <laughs> like, like, oh, this looks, this looks more like over, uh, uh, so-and-so than Greenland. And then it's like people correcting. They were trying to say Newfoundland. They were trying to say Newfoundland, but it was definitely over Greenland. Oh, my God, dude. It was bonkers. It was so funny, like, dropping that in. I'll probably end up making this post and uh, dropping like <laughs> dropping this uh, question in a conspiracy I theory. I sent a picture of you and Will to our chat. Oh, God. To to our personal chat or the... The, the podcast oh, chat. Yes, that's us. <laughs> that's me and Will. Right there. Bros. Bros for life. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, okay. All right, let's go to this next this next voicemail here. Okay, guys, I'm fucking dying over the Sam and Frodo thing. Reason being is I used to work conventions uh, many years ago. I uh, do security and uh, do handler shit and so forth. And I was working Origins one year and ended up having to babysit Sean Astin uh, oh. when he was between a Q&A and going to uh, another event. Um, and he was just so fucking bored to tears that he tried to sit and bullshit with anybody and everybody that would want it over. So we sat and bullshitted for a while. And he straight up said, you heard it here, you heard it first, you heard it straight from the mouth, Sam is gay for Frodo. That's right, Sam is gay for Frodo and Sam told you so. <laughs> Sean Aston said that. Holy shit, that's real. That's like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's fucking fantastic. Like it needed to be said. It. I'm glad it. I'm glad y'all heard it on this podcast. Now that now it's out there. Ooh, let's see what we got. Uh, I got another voice though for this uh, Emperor's Children one. Yeah, I, I left two already. Um, so we're going over the rights of war for the Emperor's Children, looking at them 
the subpar, and they look like they suck, except for, you know, the one with the uh, noise marine ones. That's pretty good. We went over that. So that's You got a good point there. But we're stopping. We're not stopping and thinking here. These rides of war were made whenever they were still fighting humans, flare, you know, orcs, Eldar, stuff like that. If you stop and think about it and take away fighting other Marines, those rides of war are fucking great. You know, first strike with initiative, helps with the Eldar, all this other stuff, kills regular humans, regular un, blah, 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 blah. But we're trying to use these rides of wars to fight other Marines where that's not what Emperor Children's did. They use the sound marines, noise marines, to kill other marines. Because fuck the old Rider War. I love sex, chuck, and rock and roll. Let's go use noise marines. And that's that. I think that's the, what they were trying to do when they wrote these rights was, oh, don't use these for marines. Use against uh, Solar Ops or something like that. And I think that's the catch right there. So he's saying the Marasikara Rider of War and everything like that was pre- heresy rights of war so this was a fighting style before the heresy broke out before they were using it against marines and shit i guess i mean i like I, like we went over i mean i think that the the second right of war the third company elite i mean that's that's definitely a heresy right of war because they never had North they didn't marines. have that what yeah they didn't have uh until, in book three isn't it no, Mara Scar was in book one. Oh, it yeah. It was one of the original. Yeah, my bad. That's, I don't know why I even said three. I meant one. Yeah, so how, like, what else would it be meant for? Yeah, so he's right. Why? But, yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. Dig it. I feel it. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck ever. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> So this next one, this next one's a spooky story. So if y'all want to dim your lights, that way you can get in the mood. Everybody, if you're, I can't. It's over there. It's okay. It's okay. I'm. This is for the listeners. Listeners, go ahead and take a second. Go ahead and dim out your lights because it's about to get spooky up in this bitch. All right. So this comes from Mark. Mark says. I grew up in a house that I believe was haunted, and over 18 years, I had many strange experiences in that house. But today, I will talk about one of my early ones, which scared the shit out of me. I was around nine years old. I was sleeping and having a dream that I remember clearly to this day. I was running around playing hide-and-seek in my primary school. I recall it was I was one of the few people left uncaught, and I had hidden myself behind a large leafy shrub. I was hiding there for a while when in my dream I looked up and standing behind me was what I could only describe as a Grim Reaper style hooded figure. I couldn't see his face under his heavy hood, just blackness. This scared me awake and I bolted upright in my bed. To my horror, in the pitch black standing beside my bed was the same hooded figure. I don't mind telling you I was absolutely frozen in terror seeing this figure all in black but still clearly discernible from the natural black of my darkened room. I was frozen for what seemed like minutes but more like seconds. I raised its arm and started to reach towards me. I managed to break out of my terror and turn my back to it to reach my lamp on my nightstand. I frantically switched the light on and spun around to see what was there in the light. The hooded figure was still there. Holy shit. 
but instead being solid was made of million tiny dots which still held the shape of the hooded figure as i watched the figure began to move it flew backwards across the room to the ceiling corner above my door as it moved the figure slowly shrank until it was the size of an action figure toy and after a few moments the dots dissipated and the figure was gone I stayed awake till dawn with my lights on, too terrified to leave my bed or to call for my parents. Holy shit. <laughs> That's pretty fucking spooky. Yep. I think someone Sounds has like it a was old carbon monoxide leak in his house. I don't know. I just fucking get that checked out. But... All right. <laughs> Scott, Scott hit it out of the park. I have no comment. Creepy, up, creepy Uncle Jack's been in the bourbon again and is fucking <laughs> looking at me while I sleep in his bathroom. <laughs> oh, man. I, dude, I've honestly, I've woken up before. He paid the troll toll. <laughs> Did, yeah. You got to get that boy's old. You Oh, that's two podcasts in a row where Troll Toll came up. I love it. Uh. But yeah, no, I, I've I've woken up to what I thought was a giant spider on my wall, and then it slowly like dissipated like that. I think it's like something that you just like. It's not really there. Like I don't know. Pretty sp- pretty spooky though. It was probably old school cool Mortarion doing his ghost walk shit, but it's cool now. He doesn't have to worry about it because he's turned into some type of weird fucking stupid butterfly thing that's not scary. So some moth moth monster. Yeah. So. Mark, send us more no experiences of what happened to you in your Looks house. Like fucking flying Mumra with goddamn butterfly wings on his back. But. Yeah. <laughs> and then right after that, it turns into Monstar because yeah. those shows Thunder was it. Silver Silver Hawks and Thundercats used to be on back to back, and they had like the exact same bad guy with just a few syllables changed around, <laughs> voiced by the same voice actor using the same voice. <laughs> so, like, w- the first half hour would be like, I'm Monster! <laughs> and then the next half hour would be like, I'm Mom! Rah, rah. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Didn't I just watch this show? Jesus. Like, I know I I'm it. only nine, 80s, but man. I still figured There's this cocaine. out. There's AIDS. We got a lot going on. We could fucking do better than this. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Robert Cervantes, I cannot open your voicemail. I don't know what kind of file format this is. I see it's labeled RFI voicemail. It says, wasn't sure if this was okay to post on Facebook. Felt this pretty much sums up all the industrial accident stories. If you want to go ahead and resend that, I cannot see what kind of format that is. It's 3.8 megs, so it's obviously a pretty sweet voicemail. I just can't I can't get into it. Sorry. I tried. I tried. We're still going, man. We're still going on voicemails. I'm telling you, man, we got a lot this week.
good, putting a pin in it, cutting it, flattening it, etc. So, anyway, hopefully that works out. You guys at Adepticon. Thank you, Stefan. God damn it. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Fortunately, uh, another listener has already squared me away. But, um, shit, I'll take a look at it anyway. No, well, he was Maybe saying I'll that for the stamp. Those. For the stamp. To oh, make the sweet. bloody hand. Because nice. it's, it's a hand that's in that, mm. like where it's out with the wrist back like that. Or you could just buy that arm bit and dip it in some blood, the blood for the blood god and see if that'll work as a stamp. That would be a good way to go. I tried to do it with, um... You know how Malkadors come with an alternative crew? They come with like a renegade crewman you can put on as like yep. your yep. your little commander fella. So I tried to tried to do the thing where I heat up his arm and then bend his hand flat, and I fucked it up. So yeah, I will try this instead. Yeah, so it's the new aspiring sorcerer arm. I think is what he said for four K. Okay. I can pull that off. So. See here. So this next one comes from. It's an actual email from Jordan. It says stiff camp, or I guess heresy camp idea, long shot. He says howdy brother. So I have an event idea. I wanted to bounce it off of you gents as well to see if it would be something that you guys would want to do. So Leos Custodes, beautiful slick as models that are begging to be painted. Hashtag closer. If it fits into the narrative, I think it would be fine fun to set up a 3,500 point Custodes challenge. The task is simple. A 3,500-point pure dick kicker list made by Mr. Ryan Kimmel against anyone. If it's legal in 30K, it's legal to bring. It will have to do two, one of two things. You can wrangle all the people who have set Custodes armies into that event to play with it, and it's setting up that straight-up fight. Just an idea to work them in. I should have mine done soon. Then it's back to Death Guard for me. Thanks for the time and for all you guys do for the hobby. So we think about that. So what's Ryan. he recommending? Uh, you create a thirty-five hundred point dick kicker list, and you basically play against Custodes all day. <laughs> oh, I already got it. We already got the answer. Hey, I mean, if they want to fucking fucking if, way heavy, bro. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if they want to lose, if they want to leave the event winless and emasculated, let's let's do this. Like, let's fucking line them up. I'll knock them down. I mean, we could even make a special event patch for you, Ryan. Like, it's a very, like, it's a, it's a, it's a patch that only you can give away, and they Dude, have to beat you. I will, I will tell you this. I've I'm keeping them. them patches. Don't even have them made. We'll just throw it out there that <laughs> yeah, they just get they win, but it, there's Dude, no reason to make them. The fucking dinner bell on Custodes and all the absolute killers I know who play this game are coming out of the woodwork. They're like, very good, ready to fucking pay up, bitch, because I <laughs> come in for them. <laughs> Started to get a little nervous. Now. I'm like, oh, shit, I hope no one plays Custodes next year. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, hell, dude. Y'all seem pretty confident in this list coming up, man. Like, this is an oh, exciting fuck. Night Lords list. Oh, it'll work for any Legion, too. It doesn't have to be Night Lords. It's billed as Night Lords, but it could be any Legion. There's nothing Legion-specific about it. God damn it. This is the answer. All right. Uh, spooky story time with uh, Troy. Anyways, so... I was sleeping and I started, I woke up kind of and I was smelling like uh, fire smell in my house. I was like, 
oh, what the fuck's that? I didn't care enough to actually, you know, get out of my bed. Just like, if I have some fire, fuck it, just let the sun bitch burn. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> but I was like, what the fuck? And it was at nighttime, so it was still pretty dead. And I could see on the other side of the door, it was kind of lit. And I was like, what the hell? The door opened up, and I saw this creature or some demonic-looking thing come up to me and just hover it right above my face. Um, but the crazy thing about this whole side story was my brother was having the same exact dream at the same time as me, and my aunt died at that same time. So I think she came saw us, and maybe asking yourself, oh, why she showed up as a She was kind of a horrible fucking human being. <laughs> like, uh, there's a good chance she killed her own mother with that potato when she was dying from uh, cancer and shit. And then stole a whole bunch of money from me and my brother and her sister. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So his aunt died, became a demon, and haunted him and his brother in their dreams. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> his aunt died, and the last horrible thing she could do before she passed on to the place she was going, which was not up, she decided to visit him and his brother and give a them demonic a visage. terrible fucking nightmare. <laughs> Brutal, man. That's fucking metal as fuck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Scott's just like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty fucked. <laughs> dreams, man. People are telling us about their dreams. We're a new podcast. Hey, guys. Uh, Garrett Lowe calling from uh, Ottawa, Canada. Uh, big fan of the show. Just want to shout out you guys. Awesome show. Uh, forgotten, uh, forgotten Legion and uh, RFI, man, awesome. Anyways, uh, and uh, maybe Kim will remember me. I'm the guy that uh, pulled him aside during the uh, 40k tournament at Gen Con and introduced myself, buddy yep, and Mark 100%. from uh, Age of Darkness. Do you remember uh, that uh, fat bald uh, guy that pulled you aside? Anyways, I was just looking at the. Um, the uh, Facebook page on uh, the Adepticon Horus Heresy group after watching the uh, Forgotten Legion webcast last night and they were talking about events uh, being announced and whatnot and uh, a little bit of controversy there about people being uh, jazzed or not with regards to events. But uh, having joined that group and looked over what's on there, I just wanted uh, Ryan to clarify just for maybe my information and other people's. So um, Ryan's on here as an organizer for um, a uh, Ascendancy to Ruin on uh, Thursday. And it says 2,000 point triple or 3,000 single. I got my calculator out and I punched a bunch of numbers in a bunch of times and it didn't make any sense. 2,000 triple, so like 2,000 triple, 6,000, 3,000 single. I don't know, guys. If you guys can just clarify that for me, love you guys. Spell it out. Make it simple for a dumb guy like me to understand. 
Uh, I can't wait for uh, next month for everything to go live as far as registering for events. It's my first Adepticon. Can't wait to see you guys play some games. Just uh, maybe clarify that Ascend the Cedar Ruin uh, event. Okay, take care. Bye. First off, before we go any further, I love that Canadians use the word jazzed. That's probably my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not particularly jazzed about that. Good. <laughs> so what it is, we talked about it earlier. So there's two rounds, and you need to bring a 3,000-point list and a 2,000-point list. Um, and then you will, during those two rounds, you can choose to play either a 3,000-point game that's you playing 3,000 points versus another person playing 3,000 points one-on-one. Or you can take your 2,000-point list and you will be placed on a team with two other people also playing 2,000-point lists against another three people playing 2,000-point lists per player. So that's how it works. That's why you got to bring two lists. Clarified. But a bam So you could could just play two one-on-one games or you could play a one-on-one game and a team game. I would like to say you could play two team games if you wanted, but I'm probably only going to have um, two, maybe three team tables, and then with the attempt, which means that that would be, if I only bring two, that's 12 people per round can play on it, so that would be 24 of the 30, which would be almost everyone, um, but obviously you couldn't have any duplicates doing that and give everybody the opportunity to play a team game if they want. Dig it. The Scott. Scott needs to go. Yep. You guys have a good one. I'll see ya. All right. Later, Scott. Airborne. So glad that's clarified. Yeah. So next thing on the list here is an industrial accident story from Lawrence. Powerful Lawrence says, hey, guys, hope this email finds you well. In my possession, I have one industrial accident story that can be traded for one of Ryan's master lists. If it doesn't make the grade, at least there's a story of horrific injury and misfortune for you to enjoy. This story comes courtesy of a fortunately placed CCTV camera in the unit where the accident took place. I can't claim to have witnessed it firsthand, but it's too good of a story not to share. The scene is a loading bay in a grim industrial estate in the suburbs. Our tragic hero is using a forklift to unload pallets from the trailer of an articulated lorry. He pulls up behind the lorry, lines up his run, and gets the pallet onto the forks of his truck and lifts it off the deck of the lorry. What the fuck is a lorry? I don't know. That's okay. Here. Google will tell us. Yeah. Google lorry before we get too much Is it a Hugh lorry? It's L-O-R-R-Y. Man, we're going to get so many people like sending us patreon chat messages like i can't believe you guys didn't know what a lorry was <laughs> like i get like hang on google the google machine is working yeah so I, it's l what l-o-r-r-y i'm assuming it's like a truck but like a like a flatbed truck um like a boot like a boot is a damn trunk like who knew that Somebody yeah it's asked. just a truck a lorry is just a truck okay it looks like a European truck. Maybe the guy's from Britain. That, that is the, that's what I thought it was. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah. Dig it. Okay. okay. Noticing that the pallet appears to be a bit 
a bit wobbly, he leaves the cab and climbs into the rear of the lorry, throws a strap on the pallet, and climbs on top to secure it. Now, if you're unfamiliar with 40-foot lorry trailer, I am fucking unfamiliar as fuck. The sides are soft-skinned, but the roof is made of steel. Solid, unmoving steel. Now enters the antagonist of our story. Whilst our hapless hero is securing his pallet, his friend decides to have a bit of a laugh and hops into the cab of the forklift and starts pressing buttons. Well, that's fucking dangerous as shit. Slowly, the Why? Fork... <laughs> exactly. Why would, would you, like... Like that's some, okay. Anyway, go ahead. That, that's some Sorry. demon ant possessing this man. This is what's happening right here. <laughs> Slowly, the forks and attached pallets start moving towards the very solid ceiling. Our hapless hero is so focused on his task that he somehow is completely oblivious to the slowly encroaching ceiling. Noticing that his oblivious buddy is getting a is getting a very close to the ceiling, he furiously starts pressing buttons trying to prevent the inevitable. Noticing now that the pallet is getting closer to the ceiling as his head starts to touch the roof where a hapless hero tried to dive out of the way off the top of the pallet, but disaster struck as he appears he is stuck on the pallet. He proceeds to be squashed into the ceiling by the pallet until the only part of him visible are his legs, which have somehow popped out of the side of the pallet, and our hapless hero has been folded like a deck chair. Oh my god. The fire brigade and ambulance service arrive and take one look at him and decide that nothing can be done for him as anyone who has sustained that level of injury should not be alive. Nothing left to do then but get the body down. After 20 minutes of fiddling with a forklift, they are able to remove our protagonist from the roof of the lorry to bring him down to the ground level and pour him into the body bag. As he comes down to ground level, amazingly, the poor chap is still alive? Oh my god! And has been squashed into the pallet, which it has given away under the pressure. He swiftly carted off to the hospital for what you can only imagine is some form of lengthy reinflation procedure. The fellow who is responsible for pressing the button is taken away to the local police station and given a statement and apparently was never seen again. Oh, anyway, hope this helps up to the standards set over the last few months. Thanks for the amazing podcast. That dude fucking lived. Holy shit. Wow. God bless those shitty pallet makers. <laughs> it saved his life. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. That's crazy. Good wanna, story. The, Go yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. No, I was just saying the the guy who wrote in the Night Lords list that we've been pumping up all episodes at the Anti-Cutthodes list literally just sent me a friend's request and we're talking on Facebook Messenger and I'm like about to make you famous, boy. Like, <laughs> about to make you famous, boy. About to make you famous. Dude, what's crazy is David Sampson hit me up about painting, uh, uh, painting for Secret Santa. Like, what's happening? Like, I feel like this episode is somehow like live right now. Like, what? like I, I feel like we're broadcasting somewhere. Like, it's 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 getting weird. It's getting weird. It's getting weird, boys. So, that's it. That's all of them. That's all the stories. That's all the voicemails. That's all the spooky emails, man. That's it. We're done. We're done with all the voicemails and everything like that. Those were those are some good ones, man. Those were some some solid voicemails. We still need Dan Porter's spooky story. Uh, if you see Dan Porter in person, the Sir Coxman himself, he did promise us a spooky story and hasn't delivered yet. So, Sir Coxman. He always does, though. 
he'll he'll, do it. he'll always you know he 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 and it's always well worth the wait 100 well i know he, i'm just like that's why that's why i'm not even stressing it like i'm not even stressing it like i know he's gonna deliver and i know it's gonna be beautiful and it's gonna be insane it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a great time so anyway now we got an order of reductor list we need to go over that's next on the list here did you read uh that's, that's douglas a, douglas girl oh uh yeah, that's after the order reductor list. Oh, I can read it right now. Oh, yeah, do the email first. Okay. So this comes from Douglas. Douglas says, hey, boys, how's it going for all you boys? Just wanted to drop you a line and say you're doing a great work and really helping the hobby community. I can't wait to hear the stories of the brave crews manning the rapier and quad mortar batteries. I actually got the first couple of ones read off by powerful, powerful Sean the Violence, who is now awesome. over... At the Drop Pod podcast, he is the heresy heresy coordinator kind of guy. He's like their heresy consultant over there at the Drop Pod podcast. If you want to go check them out, give them a listen. But uh, we got our first rapier stories in from him. Uh, it's also to ha- great to have Scott Band, Scott and Derek on board to bring another element to the podcast. I like Scott and Derek both. They're very they they keep us they 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 keep it going like this whole new four person podcast, rock and rolls. For me, one of the best things about the podcast is when you guys talk about what you're working on and how you are doing. I think all the podcasts should talk about how they hobby. Hardly a visual medium, but still find it very interesting. It keeps me hard for heresy. Yeah, it's, I like talking. Like this is this is how we catch up, guys. Like we don't we we talk to each other, so that's how we get to know how each other's doing. Sometimes, yep. you know, things get a little crazy. You just got to stop and smell the roses. Oh. So <laughs> I thought I would share what I'm planning and get some feedback from you boys. Salamanders are my army of choice. Still growing it to be a competitive 2,500 points. At the moment, it's mostly infantry. Looking to build a 10-man veteran squad who are survivors of Istvan. Thinking of using a mix of Mark II and Mark V armor... Reason being, their more modern armor was reduced to scraps, and only their oldest or newest marks of armor were available. Painting their armor almost exclusively black with flames, with only green shoulders or knees. I want the arm of the squads with as much flamer or melta as possible, as well as some power weapons to show off they have been bloodied, but want to take the battle to the traders up close and personal. Using a mixture of weapons from places like Cromlech to show them as custom-made weapons, not the mass-produced slop used by other legions. Looking to get some help with the loadout, so while a bit of point sink, they are still a viable unit. Anyways, boys, keep up the good work, and look forward to the next episode. First off, as a badass fucking ID. So. Well, also, just helping with the fluff a little bit, what you would want to... So, Mark V armor, according to the fluff in the novels, isn't a mark of armor like it's not a mass produced mark of armor what mark 5 actually is is a mix of armor parts that are basically field fitted and they called that mark 5 and they studded them out for bolter rounds right so what you would want to do is do a mix of mark 2 and a mix of mark 4 and then you could also do some mark 5 in there but the mark 5 is what I just said it is it's not an officially produced mark it was just field fitted scrap stuff but which still fits his idea perfectly would you like i'd probably stay away from the mark 5 helmets right like that seem, those seem a little yeah i would just get some mark 
to some I probably would just do some Mark II, Mark III, Mark IV, and some Mark V and just mix it all together. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'd do too. Yep. Yep. And he's talking about painting it black like they had no time to fucking like paint them or anything. Yeah, they like just that. like primered it and then just did the bare essentials in green with the heraldry or whatever to still show they were salamanders, which is pretty rad. Do you remember the uh the forty K thirteenth company where like they had like multicolor uh armor pieces and stuff like that? Remember You're talking had... about the Space Wolf guys, yes, right? Yeah, the 13th Well, that was because was they it. were scavenging from Chaos guys in the Eye of Terror and couldn't get refitted, so they had some Chaos marks and shit on their armor. A- exactly. So that, that, that'd be fucking cool as shit, right? Like, if you could have, like, different Legion colors and stuff like that. I guess they... I don't well, know. Well, I think they'd... that's what the black is for to cover all that shit up. So, like, they... Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I feel like you could yeah. leave the backpacks different colors. I don't think they'd care about that. Nah, I think it would look weird. Don't listen to Michael. Just do your black and green. You're good. I'm just saying. Purple. You could do purple. You could do Sons of Horus. Like you, you could do all the colors. All right. I'll Worldier. split the difference with you. You could prime them in those colors and then paint them. That you could prime <laughs> them in those colors, then clear coat them, then put some chipping fluid on them. Boom. I love where this then is going. Then paint them. Then paint them your other colors and then chip them back down to the original colors in a few places where it looks like it's showing through. Exactly. That'd be beautiful. That would be perfect. That'd be sweet as fuck. Yeah. So. Damn. Good job splitting the difference. I'm glad. See? That idea. Fresh. Or or if you don't want to do all that fucking work, just paint them black and green. (laughs) I wouldn't be mad. If you try to half-ass it, just paint them black and green. We get it. Good. (laughs) (laughs) So what's he wanting here? He's wanting uh, a mixture. Okay, so he... What's he want? He wants as much flamer and melta as possible, as well as some power weapons. Um, what I would do is make them marksmen, because you're going to get the most out of with the outflanking. And then, what I would probably do is go with melta guns like actual full-blown melt guns for the two special weapons and the 10-man squad, and then do, like, five combi flamers, and then maybe put a co- one, another combi melta in there. Like, a, like do mostly combi flamers, and then maybe... Yeah, I just do five combi flamers, the two melt guns that's all I would do, and then give the sergeant a power fist... Now I give the sergeant a power axe and then give two other guys in the squad's power weapons because you only need three. Just do like three power axes in the unit, including the sergeant. Give the sergeant artificer armor and then give the entire squad melt-a-bombs. So your, anti, your anti-armor in close combat would be the ten melt-a-bombs. Then against like heavy infantry and normal infantry, you have the uh, what would be 12 power axe attacks just out of three guys, which is more than enough of AP2. And then the other seven guys would contribute with um, 28 just add initiative chainsword attacks. And then shooting-wise, you would have the two melt guns every turn, and then the sniper bolters every turn, and then once per game, you could either use them as wall of death, which is really good, or you could, like to if somebody charges you, or you could just use them flat out as an offensive move, shoot those five combi flamers. 
and then they would have the sniper rule. Yeah. That's a solid way to play them. I mean, melt-a-bomb seem a little weird just because the availability of a melt-a-bomb. But I guess if they brought enough. Mean? Like Istvan style, like I guess they could scavenge them and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I see, yeah. But other than that, yeah. Well, they're salamanders. you got to have melt-a-shit. So melt-a-bombs on all the guys. <laughs> melt-a-guns on the two special weapons. And then five guys with combi flamers. And then do... Three power weapons. Do give the sergeant one and two others in the unit, and then give the sergeant artificer armor. That's a solid loadout right there. Yeah. And then plus they're going to be scavenging. You want to give a mark? Yeah, veterans would make sense, and and com- all combi weapons would make sense because they're going to be scavenging what's left, and like all the normal dudes will be dead. Yeah. So, well, you, like I said, you have two melt guns, and then five combi weapons, and then some other guys with just normal bolters. Yeah. It makes sense. It fits fluff. This is like deep, like months into the Istvan drop site massacre. And then obviously if you wanted to do a machine killer squad, you would just do like, you know, 10 combi meltas of whatever variety with machine killer. We talk about that on here all the time. So you could do a couple with the flamer loadout like we talked about just now and then a couple like just geared for killing vehicles or whatever if you wanted to. Ba-ba-bam. Love it. Sounds good. Sounds perfect. So there's that. We also have another email. This comes from uh, Callus Odinson. His follow-up. Yeah. He said, Thank you so much for all your time and effort put into these lists. I love the show and discussion about my name. My wife listened to the discussion and laughed her ass off. So I used I used to full fight full contact weapons. My th- three favorite weapons was a one-handed bearded axe with a Norse center boss, a two-handed hammer, and boar spear. I did three years of blacksmithing and seven years of armor making, so I do fit the name. However, I decided to keep my eye and studied a lot for my knowledge. Looking forward to my first 30K tournament next weekend. It's also going to be my first time playing 30K, so it'll be an experience. Keep up the great work. Loving your breakdown of the legions. Hoping you do an Ultramarines and Death Guard soon. Cheers, Callus Odinson. Jesus Christ, this man's a fucking blacksmith. Yep, and and did the same shit that Alistair does, where they do the full the contact fighting. fighting. Yeah, yeah, that shit is fun to watch. By the way, like, it's pretty cool. That's way cooler than watching a football game. You just go watch people beat the shit out of each other, and that that just is cool as fuck. Because like. The whole purpose, like, if you've never seen this event, have we talked about it on the show? Like, I don't feel like we've we talked, talked about it. a little bit about it, but so one of our one of our awesome awesome uh, Patreon subscribers, Alistair, he goes and fights in these full contact things, and same guy he does Legion of Lies podcast too. Legion of Lies so. podcast, yeah, that's right. I should have just went with that. Legion of Lies podcast. Yeah. Alistair does this full con. Him and his wife both do it. And they go out in full armor and beat the shit out of you. Like a team. It's like five on five. And they go out there and they all have their own specialized weapons. And they go kick the shit out of each other and beat the shit out of each other. And, like, you have to get the other person on on both knees. Like, you, they've got to be, like, full contact. They have contact to have two points of contact down, I on think. The yeah. Or they just have to basically tap out and say, I quit, submit, basically. Yeah. And so, like, like, even if you think, like, oh, no, I'm just going to hold out. I'm just going to stand up and just get the crap beat out of me. Like, 
once it's like three on one and shit like that, they just grab you and force you to the ground. There's nothing you can do about it because you got three dudes on you, just forcing you to the ground. It's pretty bonkers, dude. It's pretty wild. And like, yep. like the dudes that rock around with like the maces, just ring people's bells and the helmets. Just bong, 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 bong. <laughs> You're just like, oh my god, I can only get hit in the head so many times. Just leave me alone. And you just knee, like just take the knee, like just bend the knee. Like there's no. Uh, Love it. It's major props for anybody that does that. Kalis Odinson, major props, dude. I cannot imagine getting hit that many times in the head. So people name their weapons. Did he name his two-handed hammer just CTE? That's just the name of the hammer, CTE? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so he named his mace. <laughs> All right. Next up is some Mechanicum Order Reductor. All right, so this comes from Danny. It says, hey, guys, just listened to episode 74 and realized I need to thank Ryan for his earlier list advice. It was great, and the list worked a treat. I wanted to ask two things. The first being, all these amazing lists you guys produce for us listeners, is there any plans to publish them online, etc., for new players? <laughs> Done. Next question. <laughs> my second question relates to an army that i have not heard talked about in terms of list on this show is the mechanicum i have toyed with the idea of collecting mechanicum ally force or a standalone army i'm not sure if the kibble computer is set to mechanicum but i would like to hear what ryan's take on what a 2500 point mechanicum list would consist of anyway cheers for the great dits week the great dits week in and week out Regards, Dan, DJ Fitton, being Miss Anime Mech, <laughs> Anime E. <laughs> I don't know what that last part's <laughs> about, but DJ Fitton, I got to see if that's the thing. But anyway, you got a 2,500 point for DJ, DJ Fitton? Yes, I do. It's actually already on the, the list library, too, because you downloaded the shit from my phone after I'd already um, did it. Okay, sorry. Hang on, I have to scroll through 350 lists here. Here, you go ahead and scroll through that while I play this. I got it here. Whenever. Oh, go ahead. okay. Go ahead. That was is DJ. That, Fitton. Is that really him? <laughs> I don't know. Who, I don't know. If this is DJ Fitton Wezo MC Roach DOT? I feel like it is. But continue. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what what we came up with, just random Mechanicum list. So if I was going to build a Mechanicum army, just like tomorrow and like throw some shit together, um, this would probably be what I would probably be a starting point for me. Um, I've always liked the Ordo Reductor fluff-wise. They're probably my my favorite branch in the Mechanicum uh, fluff-wise. I really think they're cool. Um, when I, I actually looked at doing Mechanicum a long time ago, and that was who I was going to play as before they actually even had their own rules. I was just going to say my guys were Reductor. Um, but now they have their own rules, which is pretty cool. So this is what I would run with. So I would have a Archmagos Reductor. He would have a Power Fist, Augury Scanner, Cyber Familiar, Rad Grenades, Machinator Array, and Paragon Blade. He would also have uh... um, three Cyber... Ocularies. What's up, Michael? Oh, I get it now. <laughs> he's he's a he's a mechanical engineer. He went to MME Mech. He went to the Institution of Mechanical Engineers. That's his associate member. Like that was his signature. 
like his name is Daniel, like Danny, last name, like his middle name is Jay. Okay, it makes sense now. He's not a DJ. <laughs> so you demoted him from a mechanical engineer to a shitty DJ. I <laughs> do this, this is initials. I'm oh, sorry, it makes sense now. I get it. I get it now. Okay, my bad. Like <laughs> DJ Fit. We interrupted a list for this. We sorry. were doing a list review, sir. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was I was busy. I got All scroll right. brain. We'll run it back. To, we're gonna run it back to the beginning. Zubble, we, zubble, we're zubble, at the beginning. Yep, 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 okay. So it's an Archmagos Reductor with Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Augury Scanner, Cyber Familiar, Rad Grenades, Machinator Array, three times Cyber Ocularies, and an On and a Bayonet. So this guy is just like totally fucking just beyond tooled out. And the crazy thing about an Archmagos Reductor is their uh, Strength 5, Tough 5 base. So this guy with his Power Fist will be Strength 10 or he'll be Strength 6 with his Paragon Blade. And then with the uh, Cyber Familiar, he goes to a 3-up involve, so it'll be a 2-up, 3-up. And then with the Abeyant, you know, it gives you plus 1 wound, so he'll be uh, a 4-wound, um, tough five. 5. Well, the Machinator Ray gives you another toughness, so he'll be a tough 6, 4-wound, 2-up, 3-up, just absolute badass. And then obviously with the Rag Grenades, it lowers your toughness, so like Marines, he'll be able to fight at initiative four with his paragon blade and double marines out even when you don't roll murder strike just and then if you if you run into uh you know anything tough five or even tough six because he's got rad grenades you'll be doubling them out with your power fist which is pretty baller um the abeyant also gives him a move through cover which is pretty cool um now i believe Ordo Reductor already get move through cover ruins, but you know yes. this works for everything, so it's pretty cool. So for troops, you have to take your compulsory troops have to be Thalax. Um, so my first troops choice would just be three Thalax with the Destructor upgrade, and one guy would have a Photon Thruster. My second troop choice would be another three Thalax. Uh, one of them would have a Photon Thruster. They would also have Destructor. My third troop choice would be six Thalax with the Ferox upgrade. That's the Rage and Rending one. And all six of them would have heavy chain blades, which would be pretty badass. Then my fourth troop's choice would be eight Skillax Garden, Guardian Automata. Two of the eight would have Graviton guns. The other one would just be base war gear. And they would have a dedicated Trios uh, armored conveyor. And the Archmagos Reductor would go uh, in with the Skillax. So the Skillax have that thing where they have the radiation battery that's different from a rad grenade. So with the Arc Magos in there, you're going to be minus two toughness. So you're going to be, Marines are going to go down to toughness two. Um, Custodes would be toughness three and be being doubled out by my Paragon Blade, which would be hilarious. Mm -hmm. And then like something like a Vorax. Trying to think of other tough six things. So anything tough six would go down Black Shield to toughness on bikes. Yeah, any, actually anything so anything toughness seven, so even Castellax would go down to toughness um five and then be doubled out by my power fist. So he's just beef sticking, just handling business. So unless you're fist. tough eight or above, you're essentially suffering instant death at the hands of this guy. Hmm. 
Um, and they would all go in the triaros. Then for my, what is that? One, two, three, four, five. My fifth troops choice would be just 20 tech thralls with uh, Laslocks with induction chargers um, that have right of pure thought, which is the fearless. Yep. So so just like 20 fearless dudes just as a cool objective holder. Given no fuck. For, for fast attack, I would have a Avenger strike fighter with two Kraken penetrators two last cannons and battle server control for my second fast attack choice. I would have a Avenger strike fighter with two Krakens, two last cannons and battle servitor. So that's my two fast for heavy support. I would have a single Krios Venator battle tank for my second heavy support. I would have another Krios Venator tank for my third heavy support. I would have a Ordo reductor artillery tank that's upgraded to a Medusa cannon and I would give it a machine spirit so I can drive around 12 inches a turn shooting you with the Medusa, which is funny. And then for my fourth and final HQ, because you got to remember Ordo Reductor get four slots, I would have a, another Ordo Reductor artillery tank with a Medusa cannon with machine spirit. So, And you also got to remember in Ordo Reductor, all your tanks score if they get in your enemy deployment zone. So this list could potentially have has four tanks, so that's four units that can score. And then I have five troops choices. So this has nine scoring units in it as well. Potentially. Potentially. In the enemy deployment zone. Yes. And I feel like it still hits pretty hard with the double Avenger, double Krios, double Medusa. Um, then it's, it has the skill axe, skill axe with the Arc Magos and the Triaros for killing you in assault. And then it's got 12 Thalax split into three squads and then the 20 Fearless Tech Thralls as a backfield objective holder. That's pretty wild, man. You you handled all the tank hunting front without resorting to the uh, the photon thruster bullshit. <laughs> like long well, I got range. two, I got two photon thrusters and the entire army. Yeah, and on the two thalax, but not on for anti tank. Uh, not on the what? On the uh, the magos and the abant shooting fucking photon thruster death across the field with tank hunter. I think that was uh, um that's. That's in the Tagmata army. That's oh, not in the order. Tagma- okay, yeah, okay. My bad. So you had to go the old-fashioned way with tank killing. But I think this is a cool list. I mean, I got... So three of my five troops choices are Thalax, which I feel like is fluffy for Ordo Reductor. And then I have the four tanks, the two Krios and the two artillery tanks, which I feel like is fluffy for Ordo Reductor. I have the Avengers for air cover. I have a few tech thralls thrown in there, and I, the skill axe... Um, are pretty cool. You can take the skill axe as um, a basically a command. They're like a special command squad unit for an Archmagos Reductor. I just went ahead and took them as the troops choice, but I mean you can get them in either way. So I mean they're obviously fluffy if they're offered up as a command squad for the Archmagos. So I feel like this is a super fluffy army. I feel like it'd be effective on the battlefield, and it's got a good variety of units in it to paint up. It would look pretty cool. Yeah, be fun. Just come straight at your face, like it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's beneficial to get in your enemy deployment zone in an enemy deployment zone, and there's nothing in this list that can't just drive forward and blast face. So, yeah, very cool. So, that's what a Mechanicum list would look like if I built a Mechanicum list and played Mechanicum. That'd be probably what I'd run. Not a Vulture X in sight. Nah, fuck that thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> went Avengers. <laughs> went Avengers instead of the powerful Voltrex. It's okay. It's all right. All right. So now it's time. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, my God. So this comes from powerful, powerful Mark. Hey, hey, Michael. Yeah? Mike, I'm about to bust. <laughs> You're about to bust? <laughs> I'm about to bust. <laughs> if y'all listen, Ryan's about to bust. <laughs> <laughs> all right we were laughing about fighter and the kid before the episode started <laughs> about to bust all right so if y'all remember earlier we actually read off mark's story he's the one that uh sees demons when he wakes up sees the grim reaper in his bed uh so naturally he wants a night lord list so this says list request i've been playing heresy for around six months and now and from the fluff, decided that I wanted to play Night Lords. I have played about a dozen games, and I've had little luck with them, and could really use some help making a very Night Lords Dream Force that could also be fun to play and competitive. The meta with my friends is pretty much all the factions they play are either immune to fear or have unmodified leadership 10 scores. 10 leadership scores. I'm talking about you, Ultramarines. My friends also think Custodes are balanced, and one of them plays them. Each time I try and play my theme Night Lords list against them, it's a slaughter. And to top it off, they don't allow multi-bombing. I know, it's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. Just wait till 7.1. I'm looking for a 2500 point list that is a Night Lord themed, i.e. fast attack style, getting in my opponent's face with some sort of flyer included to help deal with tanks. I have a Conrad Curse, don't need to use him. One Charybdis, two Invilis, one Leviathan, an Outrider squadron with multi Meltas, 30 Raptors, and some Terror squads, a few Contemptors, a Land Raider, and a Rhino, and enough Marine bodies to set to make ton of different units. I would like to include a Xiphon or some other flyer, whatever you think works best. I'm happy for you to use the items I have or ignore them entirely to come up with totally new units, and I will go out and buy what I need. You have free reign. Go nuts. Thanks in advance. That's good because you're throwing out a lot of stuff. You're going to be <laughs> using a Xiphon and everything else in that list you just said, you're not going to use. Which is very fucking crazy. Like, usually when Ryan gets lists, I got a Charybdis and two Invilis. Ryan goes, thank God. <laughs> but now, <laughs> things, have, things have changed. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I cannot wait to get this out of there. I <laughs> hope this is the most used list ever that we've ever produced on the show but please with great power comes great responsibility so only use this against your friends that want to play golden fuckboys this is not uh this is a pretty rough list against almost anything um but it's especially like targeted at custodes on how it plays in its play style but this would fuck up a lot of other armies too so this isn't something I would just like casually break out against your friends that are just playing their normal like Legion armies and to just totally annihilate them with it and make them sad panda. Let's not do that. And and guys, when you're going out there ordering all these parts from Forge World to create this list, if you can go in the notes and you just write the word bust, I would love it. Like if you could just like and then send us a screenshot of like where it says special. No, 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 no. Put put RFI made me bust. 
RFI made me bust, like in the special or, order or radio, instructions. Or Radio Free Espan. I spell it out. Put Radio Free Espan made Ma- me bust. Made me bust. <laughs> and then in just, the notes. In the special instruction notes. And then that way, that way they know that you're, that this list is, this list like made you buy stuff. Bust. Okay. So what we're going to do, we're not going to use any of the Night Lords right of war. So let's get this straight right off the bat. This list will work with any Legion. There's nothing Legion specific about this army. I don't know that there's, there's a few Legions that would give this thing a very minor incredibly minor boost but I mean it, it's not enough to like say it needs to be played with a certain legion so you could play this with any legion it's not going to matter that's the other beautiful thing about it is if you play if you're playing if you're into playing traitors and you fight custodes all the time you could build this army and just torture custodes players with it it doesn't really matter what legion you have it's definitely more fluffy for your like fast sneakier strike from the shadows type armies or armies that like to surround people things like that so like your sons of horus your alpha legion your night lords um things like that this would be more themed to but there's nothing stopping you from doing it with any traitor legion so what we did is we took sacrificial offering remember we wrote the sacrificial offering list for night lords a long time ago for andy yeah, and he made it badass. Yes. So yeah. this is like when he said I got night lords, I want something themey, fast attack, whatever. Um I immediately like thought, well, I don't really like the two night lords rights of war cuz he he sounded like he's having problem killing tanks and he can't use multi bombing. So if you're just trying to play night lords that are themed and you have no night lords that are themed are all going to be like a bunch of infantry, a bunch of terror squads things like that, and you're going to have to, like, kill tanks with infantry. Melt-a-bombs specifically. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, or Terminators or whatever. So you can't really, like, the terror assault right of war, it's not really that great on an open battlefield. It's really more designed for Centurion-style games or Zone Mortalis. On an open battlefield against tanks, it's really very, very limiting. So is the Raptor uh, one. So... I went with Sacrificial Offering because you can, with this, get plenty of armor in the list, and it's fluffy to do so. And then because you get outflank with all that armor, it gets you into side and rear arcs of stuff. So that's kind of why we went this direction. So without further ado, uh, here is the what I like to call the Custodes Get Fucked list. <laughs> get Fucked. So here we go. So for your HQ, you're going to take a Delegatus, and he's going to select the Sacrificial Offering Rite of War with his Rite of Command. This guy's going to have Artificer Armor, Power Weapon. You can make it anything you want, but I usually give him an axe. Um, and it's free. It's got free Mastercrafted as just part of being a Delegatus, so you're going to Mastercraft it for free, and you're going to put him on a Space Marine bike. So, pretty cheap HQ. He unlocks the right of war for you, but he's he's pretty useful, too. He's not bad. So, for troops, you're going to take two bare-bones tactical squads. These guys, they're basically just going to be objective grabbers. They're nothing fancy. They don't have a single upgrade on them. So, they're just going to be a 10-man tactical squad 
in a Rhino with a pinnel-mounted multi-melta, and then your second troop's choice is another 10-man tactical squad in a Rhino with a pinnel-mounted multi-melta. Like I said, these are just objector grabbers, nothing fancy. Um, then the, the multi-meltas and the Rhinos will be good because you're going to be outflanking, so you're going to get side shots with them. So they're definitely an upgrade you want to throw on there. It's pretty good. So then you're going to not take any elites. You're going to jump down to fast attack. For your first fast, fast attack slot, you're going to take five attack bikes, all of them with multi-meltas. And this is where your Delegatus is going to go. So that's going to be his like bodyguard unit. And once again, uh, we'll get to what Sacrificial Offering does after I go through the whole list. But if Michael wants to key up the book and have that ready by the time I'm down to the end of the list. Sure. Um, the Sacrificial Offering Ride of War. So anyway, so it's five attack bikes, all with multi-meltas. Delgados goes in there. For the second fast attack slot, we have a Xiphon Pattern Interceptor, which is the flyer you wanted to use with ground tracking auguries. And then for the third and final fast attack slot, we have a bonus Xiphon Pattern Interceptor with ground tracking auguries. So you have two of those. Um, and then for heavy support, you're going to have the brand new Sakaran Arcus, which Michael likes to call the Arqua. For the second heavy support slot, we have another, what Michael likes to call the Arqua. And then for the third and final slot, we have another Arqua. <laughs> so that's the triple Arqua. <laughs> for your heavy support. Um, they don't have any upgrades. They're just the base barebone tanks with no sponsons. Just the 205-point base model. So, with Sacrificial Offering, you have to take an Allied Militia Force. So your Allied Militia Force is going to consist of the following. A Force Commander. Just nothing. No upgrades. Just the fucking guy, because you got to take him. And he's going to take the two Providences. He's going to take Abhuman Helots and Tainted Flesh. So, Abhuman Helots gives you plus one toughness to all your guys, but it lowers your initiative by one. And it also unlocks access to um, discipline collars, which is is good because you can make your guys uh, stubborn. So then the next upgrade is stubborn. tainted flesh. What'd you say? They're already stubborn. What are already? Yeah, they're already stubborn because of the right of war. But I'm just reiterating what the thing gives you. We've not made it there yet, oh, sir. Okay. They're super stubborn. They're super stubborn. stubborn. So, the uh, the other uh, upgrade, which is tainted flesh, makes all of your close combat attacks rending for your for everything that has the providence special rule. It also makes everybody with the providence rule cause fear, which custodes aren't going to care about, but it's there. And then it also gives everybody a uh, six plus feel no pain save, which. Normally, it wouldn't matter with them only being tough three, but with the Abhuman Helots combo, it actually comes into effect. So you're going to have a six-up feel-no-pain save, which really isn't... I mean, it's it's free. You know, it's pretty good. Um, it also makes you take uh, levies as your compulsory troops, if I remember correctly. But that's a... Michael's not looking at that. I'm looking at it. But, right uh... It says... Oh, for... For Tainted Flesh? Oh, no. I'm looking at Sacrifice Offering. Okay. So anyway, for your troops choices, you're going to have, as your first troops choice, uh, will be 49 levies. And they're going to take 
auxiliary of pistols. So they'll have pistol close combat weapons. So they'll be dual armed and get the bonus attack. And into these 49 guys, you'll throw your force commander in to round them out at 50 models. So you're just going to have 50 dudes with rending attacks that are all dual armed for stupid cheap, like just cheap bodies. Um, your next troop's choice will be a squad of 50 levies that all have auxiliary pistols and close combat weapons. So you're essentially just going to have 100 dudes running around on foot that uh, basically cost you a little over 200 points that combined throw out... Um, what is that? 100... A little over 200 rending attacks standing still. Okay, that's brutal as fuck for anybody, let alone custodian model. <laughs> just all getting shanked in the fucking like in a circle, <laughs> like just a bunch yeah. of custod or just a bunch of militia with prison shanks, just tainted, yeah. tainted prison shanks. So then, for your heavy support slot for your allied detachment, you're going to take the uh, the heavy artillery battery, and it's going to consist of three artillery carriages that are all Medusa siege rounds, siege, siege guns, and they're all three going to be updated, upgraded to breacher shells, and all three of them are going to have max crew. So that's going to be pretty fucking brutal. We'll get to why uh, at the end of this list. The very last thing to round out the list, you were required to take a fortification and sacrificial offering. Um, remember, the entire... Well, we haven't got there yet, but the entire Legion Astartes force has to start in reserve. So I went ahead and went with an Aegis defense line to pile the artillery guns behind and um, the levees and the, put the levees in front of the screen or whatever. And the Aegis defense line is going to have a comms relay. So that, that comms relay will allow you to re-roll um, reserve rolls, which will be important to get all your stuff in. So right off the bat, what do you think of that list? Before we dig really into it. So, like, basically, out the gate, you've set this, like, trap of mud. <laughs> like, it's like quicksand of death. Like, if you were to attack this quicksand of death, you're fucked. Uh, ignoring it, you're kind of fucked. Like, it's... Well, if you ignore it... So, the idea is you put... So, we'll start digging into why this works. So... You have these three Medusa heavy artillery guns that are beating you, the shit you can out of you. Yeah. Well, you can fire. You can fire either round out of because they're upgraded. So, the standard round out of Medusa is range thirty six, strength ten. I think it's AP two. It, it might be AP one. I, I, I believe think it's, it's AP two. I believe it's AP two. It's large blast and it's barrage. So right off the bat, it gets around your flare Front shield. Armor. Yeah. And your front armor, and it's also ordnance, so it's rolling two dice, choosing the highest, and it's strength 10. It's pretty badass. Yeah, so that's side armor um, all day. And also, if you drop it on normal custodes infantry, it's liquefying, it, uh, them. It's liquefying them. Now, people are going to say, well, you can spread out where you're only going to get one guy. Well, you can, but it's going to force them to do that all the time where they're going to have to set up like that, or they're going to get liquefied. And then even when they do, because you have three of them in a unit and you're getting multiple barrage, 
you can you have to put the first one on a guy, but then any additional ones that roll hits or flip, you get can the, bridge you the get gap. Perfect gap, yeah. Yes, and get more than one. It also keeps them from being able to cluster up their tanks to try to hide behind line of sight blocking terrain or anything like that. It just makes it a pain in the ass where they have to really pay close attention to how they position their models. Then, as the bonus, um, if you don't want to fire those rounds or they stay out of 36-inch range, you take the Siege Breaker rounds because they're direct fire. They're not barrage, so you have to be able to draw line of sight. But they're Strength 10 AP1 armor Small bane. Blast with Armor Bane. So even though you're shooting them because they're mostly going to point the front of their vehicle at you, which is going to lower your strength by two because of flare shield, you're still going to be strength eight AP one armor bane. So you still should be able just to shoot right through their fucking flare shield and say fuck you all day long. Mm. So in order to get to these things, they're going to have to either drive their silly transports at you or deep strike down into a mess of a hundred dudes with rending attacks that are stubborn. And the brilliant thing about this is your basic custodes trooper, I believe is what, 60 points? Something like that? Yep. So for 60 points, I get 100 and... Or they're two points a guy. So for every 60... For every one custode, I have 30 of these guys. And you can only kill so many a turn. What's the math on that? Like, you can only... So, so what's funny is, so say you just take your basic unit of your three custodes... I think they'd be three attacks, a guy on the charge. Um, so that's the max guys they kill is nine, and I have 50 in the squad, so then I swing back with 41 dudes with two attacks per guy, so that's 82 rending attacks I'm swinging back. Yep. Prison So if I, if I kill one guy out of my 82 rending attacks, I've pretty much paid for the unit. So it's just a math problem that they're really going to struggle to overcome. And you can't ignore it. So, like, basically you're using this unit to bubble wrap the Medusas. So, in order to stop the barrage of hell coming at them, they're going to have to get in there to kill the crew from the Medusas. This isn't an answer of just, like, like shoot it to death because you have... Well, these- you got to remember the crew have Providence, too, and I've given the guns max crew, which I believe is seven crew per gun. Yep. So that's 21 guys you have to fight, and they're all dual-armed, and they all have rending attacks as well. And they're all so even if seven. You, <laughs> no, well, not in close combat. No, not in close, close combat. combat you fight. Right. But so that's the other thing. Them. Trying to shoot these guns, you're going to plunk them down in area terrain. So when they try to shoot these guys, they're going to be... Four wounds per gun, plus the seven crew per gun. Plus, and then you just stick them in area terrain where they're getting a four or five up cover save. So trying to shoot that to death over the heads of the um, infantry is going to be a super mega pain in the ass to try to get rid of. While they're, while they're bubble wrapped and behind an Aegis and... Yeah. Like the the whole the whole Medusa battery is bubble wrapped by all these guys. They've got a three. It's three plus for Aegis, right? Uh, it's a it's a four plus. But if I go to ground behind it, it goes to a two plus. Okay. Cover. And that would pro- you'd probably go to ground with the levees. Yep. But, but then on top of that, they I'm they not can't. Worried about shooting them. I'm literally just worried about being in the way. So when you shoot at me, I'm just going to go to ground and get a two plus cover and make you assault me, and then I'm still going to be two attacks per guy. With every, rending when every you assault. fucking time, yeah. 
And then on top of that, they've got to get to your Medusa batteries, which are fully operational the entire time. Okay, so this is just the the little pissant um, um, ally detachment. This isn't even to the meat of the list. So we're just talking about that. We're not even talking about when turn two when the fun really begins. So turn two when the fun really begins is when all these marines start rolling in because you're gonna get you're gonna come in starting turn two on three pluses with re rolls because of the comms relay. Because the comms relay. Yep. So you got to think. Are you going? To, you're going to have to point those flare shields at those siege guns unless you want to get shot in side armor twelve in your vehicles with strength ten AP one armor main rounds. So, and then even if you don't point them straight forward and you try to get clever and point them to the side, it's really not going to matter because I'm coming in from outflank from the sides. So unless you literally take your, your models and put them all the way back at the back of your deployment zone with their asses touching the back of the board, it's going to be really, really hard for me not to come in from outflank on either the left or right side of you and get rear shots or it, at worst side shots. Right. But most of the time Ab- you're going to absolutely be side shots. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess no. most likely rear, probably yeah. rear, but side Guaranteed. every time. And if they want to sit and park all the way against the back of the board with the Custodes army and not move it, why just shoot them to fucking death with Medusas and everything else? That's fine. They can use that strategy. Good luck to you, sir. Um, (laughs) But anyway, when this stuff starts coming in, so first of all, we'll start with the attack bikes because it's first on the list. So I'm going to roll in with five attack bikes so I can move in up to 12 inches and then shoot 24 inches into the board with strength eight AP one guns, let's ignore let's because everything probably has armored ceramite. So let's just say that get that out of the way. So we're not we're just ignore the melted rule. I still have a thirty six inch threat range shooting you in the side with five strength eight AP one guns at your armor twelve. Yep. So that's one unit. So that's very likely a dead vehicle of some variety, or I mean, definitely a force th- jink. Like definitely force jink. If yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll get to that jink here in a minute. So then <laughs> the next thing, so the the next thing is I have two rhinos with single multi meltas that can move 6 inches into the board and then shoot 24. So that's two more 36 inch range things. Yeah, they're just rhinos, but it's still two more, you know, strength 8 AP1 essentially relentless shots that I'm getting to outflank on you. And I'm also just hiding those marines in there to jump on objectives near the end of the game. Um so then the next fast attack choice is a Xiphon. So the crazy, the fun thing about the Xiphon, normally I don't recommend them, but against Custos are great. So we got to remember, these will be outflanking. So they'll be coming in from the sides with a flyer. So the odds, once again, of me not getting side or rear shots are pretty slim to none. The Xiphon is loaded out with two twin-linked last cannons. So that's two twin-linked last cannon shots. So those likely aren't missing, and they're going to be hitting either side armor 12 or you know, 10 on the rear or whatever, or 11 or whatever. Do Xiphons have strafing run, or can they have the ability to get strafing run? They they have um, ground tracking auguries, which gives you that, but you got to remember these tanks are skimmers. So 
you're not going to get the bonus against the tanks because they they're skimmers. You don't get it against skimmers and other flyers. Okay. Okay. But I went ahead and gave them ground tracking because when you kill all their tanks on turn two, which you will, um, you're going to have to default to shooting infantry and then you will get it. Okay. Okay. So when the Xiphon comes in, you're going to be able to unload two twin link glass cannons and then key. The other key is the missile launcher, which is two strength eight AP two shots that make you re-roll jink and cover saves. You have to re-roll successful jink cover. Then, if you score a pin with it, you get to roll a D3, and whatever that result is is how many rolls you get on the vehicle damage table. Mm. Yep. That's, like, the one... <laughs> like, it's definitely a anti-air fighter, but you finally get to use it against skimmers and... Yeah, very nice. And you have two Xiphons that are going to do that. Then, when you get to heavy support, we have three Sikorin Arcus tanks. Arqua. So the Arcus, because they're fast, they're going to be able to move in 12 inches. And then, I believe the gun shoots 36 or 48. I think it's 48. Like it's experimental, it. so I don't really remember. But regardless... It's still an insane threat range. You're going to be like coming in from the sides. You're hundred percent going to have range, but these things are 36. Okay. So you're going to have a 48 inch threat range because you're going to be able to move 12 and then shoot the main gun. So the thing with it is, is it's strength eight AP two four shots. It also has terminal tracking. So it makes you reroll successful jink and cover. And then it also has the cluster warhead, just like the Xiphon, where if you score a pin with it, you get to roll a D3, and that's how many rolls you get on the vehicle damage table. It's like the highest. Yes. So, between the two Xiphons, the five attack bikes with multi-meltas, the two rhinos with multi-meltas, and the three Sikorin Arcus, all coming in from outflank, getting side and rear shots... Most of it making you re-roll successful jink, getting tons of rolls on the vehicle damage table, and all those shots being AP2. Then you also have the artillery shooting through flare shields with armor bane rounds or dropping over the flare shield with barrage rounds. I don't see how Custode's tanks last. You should be able to kill as many as they can field when all that shit hits the table on turn two. By turn two, have everything cleared out. Vehicle-wise. Vehicle-wise, yes. And now everything's... Out. Yes, out and on the ground. I don't... They, I mean, some crazy shit could happen where maybe they have a stray one or two tanks, but it's not going to be enough to really retaliate with. You, you're really going to be able to put the boots to them, in my opinion. By turn two, and it's not like they can get those tanks out of... Like, they can't, you know, get the safety of combat with a tank. Like, it's like straight up, that tank is now lone and gonna die like it's every tank should be dead by the end of the game well with this and, list. and then you also have to remember their shit is likely going to be on the table when you come in to do this so you're going to be able to go well their tank is here i have a i can shoot 36 inches so when you come in and position your vehicles you're going to want to position them at the max range away to shoot their tank and kill it you don't want to get any closer than you need to that's the key to this. It's all about maneuverability and distance control because you're allowed to pre-measure. 
So if you can move your attack bikes where they're exactly 23 inches away from whatever it's going to shoot at and still get the arc you want, that's what you're doing. If you can move your Sakaran Arcus and get it 35 inches, inches away. <laughs> or 35, 35 inches, yeah. Yeah, that's what you want to do. And that's what you're going to do with all these vehicles, and you're going to just murk all their fucking tanks and make them walk. Now, here's the the genius part of it. You're going to make them suffer from this point on. Don't let them... If they fucking try to quit on you and scoop, fucking tease them relentlessly because they wanted this, they brought custodes. Now that they're on foot, you're going to make them play your game, and this is how the game's going to go. They're going to find the closest thing and move six inches towards it and then run. And then on your turn, because everything in your army is a fast tank, a flyer, or a bike, except for your giant wall of death that if they want to fucking walk at, that's fine. You're going to move directly away from them after they've done this. Your maximum move, where you can still shoot full ballistic skill, which should be 12 inches, it'll be 18 on the flyer because you'll move minimum. And then you're just going to shoot the infantry, which all almost all your guns in this army are strength 8 or higher AP2. <laughs> so you're just going to keep, keep picking them off like one at a time. Yep. You're just going to back up and shoot them in the face. Back up, shoot them in the face. Back up, shoot them in the face. And as far as I am aware, no custodies weaponry on foot shit that's longer than range 12 is really going to do fuck all against tanks. No. No. Unless I got an Orion that shows up. <laughs> that's going to be Zyphon bait, really. pretty brutal so yeah if they bring the stupid fucking shield captain guy just ignore him just fucking kill everything else you know you're still going to have the two tactical squads to jump out at the end of the game to get on objectives and then all your levies score and then you should have plenty of fast stuff just kill their scoring units so they don't have any because all they're going to have is the spear and sword and shield guys just fucking make sure you kill all their vehicles and then murder those where they can't score objectives and then spread your rhinos with the guys out where you can get just kill all their objective guys and then keep your two rhino guys spread apart where they can't kill two at once they can only go after one um and then at the then at the end of the game really all you got to do is grab one objective to win an objective mission mm. that's assuming you don't table them assuming you don't table them yeah but i don't really see a right answer uh for custodes to deal with that i mean if they because you got to think if they go after the siege guns into the group of guys they're pushing further up the field which means when you outflank you're gonna easily have access to the rear of their shit yep and it's also putting them they're marching this way into guns while they're getting shot from the rear. And then when they finally reach the guns and kill the guns, eventually they have to turn around and come back at all this shit. That's just now max range away while you're shooting them in the face again. And that's assuming they could, I mean, it, it coming out from both sides, it's like so much high strength, low AP weapons like that. And then, you know, getting into co- like, I, I just, I would love to see a shield captain jump into that pile of 50 dudes and just get shanked to death. Well, that would be ideal, like to see something like that go up, will go down. But 
it's it's a solid list, Ryan. It's a brutal fucking list. Like I don't know. There's no answer. There's no answer. It's, so if you're being tortured by custodies, just build this motherfucker and tell him bring it on. Just get you fifty dudes, paint it up. Oh man. I'm trying to think. I really don't see any legion that would benefit more trader-wise for this. Alpha legion, you could give the attack bikes, tank hunter. Um, and then I guess if you fielded Dynat. Well, you wouldn't want to take Dynat. No, He's too many no. points at 2,500. There's no reason to do that. Yeah, it wouldn't benefit you anyway. Yeah, no. Solid list. I'm sure we'll see it out there in the wild. I'm sure we're going to see that in the wild. Well, see, I already own and have everything painted for the allied part of this list, other than the heavy batteries. I own them, but I don't have them painted. So, And I'm already painting the two tactical units for my Death Guard. So really all I'd have to do is paint the attack bikes, the Xiphon, and the three... Arcus for my death guard and I could have this list. Do it. Do so, it. Take it to LVO. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. How how sudden. How sudden. So yeah, that's my that's my anti custodes list for Astartes. That now exists, people. So when you're buying all these Medusas, uh, Medusa batteries and buying all these Arquas from uh, Forge World, just remember, Radio Free Estevan made me bust. <laughs> made me bust. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Night Lord's List for Powerful Mark. It's now on the table. It's just not for Mark. It's for Everybody out there, it's, everybody deserved this list. It's now it's now available for your pleasure. Please, please let us know if you're having just just if you, if if this list helps you in any way. If you build this list and like you're like this getting bullied by the custodes, all the custode Chad players out there, and this list helped you, just let us know. We want to know if it helped. I do anyway. Yep. You have to play it right. This does have a learning curve to it. You're going to have to really take a measure, uh, benefit of uh, pre-measuring and model positioning because you, you need to get into the side and rear of all their tanks, but I'm giving you all the tools to do that easily um, as long as you're smart enough to use those tools. Um, and you also, once you kill their vehicles, as long as you pre-measure and you know move your models properly, you should never be being assaulted like you should be able to easily stay far enough away other than your levees like your your levees are basically the stationary wall that if they want to run at they can run at but that's what they're for they're they're to draw them further up field to get them away from all your outflanking guys so once they make it into combat they can get chewed i mean oh no they killed all your levees you've oh you've killed 200 points of my army oh no like with your whole custodes force killing my levees do, do, do. Here comes the Arquas. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it really fits the fluff of sacrificial offering well. You're really putting that bait out there to suck them in, and then you're just surrounding them and just shooting the absolute dog shit out of them. And then 
on top of that, now that I think about it, all models in the primary attachment gain the outflank special rule and must so that's including the Xiphons. So if they Yeah, move, that's why I said. Yeah. So if they move close enough to you to where the Xiphons are gonna overshoot them, you just come outflank wise and I don't think they'll move. Well, that you're fast. going to outflank you're gonna outcome outflank them anyway, and you only have to come in eighteen inches. Yeah. Yeah. Dare. So that's why I said unless they stay all the way in the back of their deployment zone glued with their asses to the back of the board. You're golden. And then if they try to, because a lot of their shit deep strikes, but they don't have any reserve manipulation like drop pods or anything. So anything they put in reserve, the earliest it can come in is turn two. And then you're just, That's the you're just meat grinder so what you, at that. Yeah. Well, that, because they're just going to be feeding you things at a, like a few at a time. And also they don't have any way to come in and then assault on the turn that they come in. So they're just going to come in and all your shit's fast enough to immediately move away from it and then start hammering like we talked about. So that's not going to do them any good. And then also, because they have no reserve manipulation, they can only put as much things on in reserve that they're comfortable with what they have on the board for turn one isn't going to get tabled by the fucking Medusas shooting the fuck out of them. So they can't just like put one sneaky thing on the table. If they do, that's fine. But the roll to go first and the roll to seize, if they only start like a few units on the table and you go before them, that means they're going to have to survive one turn of shooting from the Medusas, turn one. And then on turn two, your reserves will come in before theirs to clear out all their shit where it's an empty board. And then I guess on their turn, they get to... Because it's a player turn. I don't remember. But anyway, what I'm getting at is it's like null deploying isn't really going to help them much. It'll fuck their world. It's more likely to fuck them over and get them tabled than. It's very brutal, Ryan. Very brutal. Very good. Good job. You're welcome, Internet. Ryan's brain has created a monster. <laughs> I have a militia list. I have a militia list that I feel is just. It's a different way to go about it. It's very more blunt, but it also fucks custodies over too. So if you play militia and you don't play uh, marines, I got you there too. Right in, I'll send you the list. Send you the death dealer list. All right. How about some wheel spin? We got other things. I have some shout outs. Are we doing those at the end? Oh, I was going to do the wheel spin first, but we can do the shout outs. Okay. Well, we'll do the wheel spin first. You want to explain what the wheel spin is? Of course I do. So all you listeners out there who have no idea what the wheel spin is, so we have this wheel of grindage that we got right here. So uh, this wheel of grindage, what happens with this is we've got all these little pies on it. Imagine like the uh, Price is Right wheel. Well, I guess not really. It's just a wheel with like pie pieces yeah, wheel in of it. fortune wheel, sir. Price is Right wheel. Yeah, wheel of fortune wheel with all the little pie pieces on it. So we have this wheel with all the pie pieces on it, and we have in each of the little pies written different Horus Heresy podcast names in it. Okay? And what we do is we spin this wheel, and if it lands on one of the podcasts, we send them a care package, just like Freddie Swint to, sent to Ryan. And in this care package, we have all the fun, uh, fun like, local stuff that, like, Ryan will send, like, honeys and different things, all the local eats and it'll go off to the podcast. 
but we do have special pie, pie pieces. Once we actually land on one of these uh, these pie pieces and we send off to a podcast, we take that podcast out of the running and we replace the name with a listener. And so if it lands on one of those pie pieces, then that means we're going to send it to a random listener. And the way we choose those listeners is we go back to our Facebook page, we go to where we dropped the latest episode, and whoever shared the post that we dropped the episode for, we pick out of them to send a care package to. So in order to be entered in this, like we, we don't do it all the time, we throw it out there, we, we just, it's like we randomly go at it, and we, we uh, you know, we like, let's see, uh, let me see how many people shared the last, uh, the last post. I don't think it was a lot. I think only our veteran listeners know about the wheel. So let's see here. Let's see how many people are getting picked from this week. If it lands on listener. If it lands on listener. It doesn't always land on listener. So, Ryan, do you want to read the podcasts that are on there? Yes. So we have the Age of Darkness, which has been replaced with the listener um, spot. The Sons of Heresy. The Drop Podcast, the Imperial Truth Podcast, the 30K Channel, which has also been replaced with Listener, the Road to Terra Podcast, the Eye of Horus Podcast, the Northern Heresy Podcast, the Varangian Heresy Podcast, the Don't Lose Your Head Podcast, which has been replaced with Listener, the Covenant of Fire Podcast, the Combat Phase podcast, the Loaded Dice podcast. Now, do we need to add Legion of Lies to this? Are they past four episodes? They're, they just dropped episode four. So we, we will put... I'll write it in the same square as Geno 52 because they've already won. I'll leave them on here so we know to read them off, but we'll put Legion of lies and with them so if it lands on that square it'll count for them so that's so if, how that'll work so if you want a better chance at this start a podcast so the, <laughs> so here's here's something funny so there's two shares this week for episode 75 so robert robert heberling he's in the running if it lands on listener and the Legion of Lies podcast is in the runner. <laughs> if so like... two chances to win. Two chances to win. Oh, there's way. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So you ready to spin? All right. We ready? You want to spin it? Emily's here. Emily can spin it. Emily can do it. She'll be the spinner. Get it? Like spin it to where like it's one of those extreme spins. Like when you're watching uh, Wheel of Fortune. No, when you're watching Price is Right. And you watch those little old ladies just give it all they got, and you're just hoping they don't get caught up in it. One of those kind of spins. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And here it goes. <laughs> no. Oh. 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 Listener. Oh. Landed on Age of Darkness. <laughs> Age of Darkness. All right. So Which has already gotten one. So it's Listener. So it's Listener. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Random number generator coming at you now. Well, don't. Should we just give it to the listener? I mean, Legion of Lies <laughs> is already on here. Hey, I mean, I guess we could. 
I randomly generated a one, which is Robert. So Ro- Robert, oh, Robert gets it. <laughs> so Robert gets it. Powerful Robert, man. Let me see where he's out of. Like, hopefully. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He shared us every time looking at his page. We'll get a hold oh. of you, Robert. Congratulations. You have a awesome, awesome care package coming your way with delicious, delicious goodies and treats. Once again, guys, if you want to get in on this, like you said, this time it was only two people to choose from. And Robert, looking through his timeline here, he shared almost every fucking episode to his Facebook page. So, so he knows. He knows. It happened. Room. It happened for you, Robert. Yeah. So powerful, Robert. We'll go and get your contact information. I'm actually going to send you a message right now. So, bam. All it says is Robert. He's going to be like, who the fuck is this? Okay. So sweet. So that's done. Congratulations. All right. So, Ryan, you have some shout-outs you want to give. We need to talk about Powerful Brian Steele. Yes. So this is not really 30K related, but it's still cool and important to me. So the other game I play, which I know you guys, if you listen to the show, have heard me talk about it, is Dark Age, which is put out by Cool Mini or not. Um, so the, one of the sub departments of cool mini or not is this game called dark age, which I really enjoy. And the main designer of dark age, who his name is Brian Steele, and he writes the rules. He writes the fluff and he approves the sculpts. And he's basically Mr. Do it all for dark age. So in 30 K terms, he's the Alan Bly of dark age. Fair enough. So what's crazy about this is he only lives about an hour and a half away from me. It just so happened. It just worked out. I would have played the game regardless when I bought the game and started playing it. I did not know Brian was the main guy. It just was fortunate that it was. So he uh, came to the Michigan GT and hung out with us there, which was pretty cool because it was pretty nice to be able to ask rules queries to the guy who writes the rules at my event it took a lot of pressure off me as the to having him there um but after going there and uh hanging out um he told me that my next game night my club night for my guys um if i would have him that he would come down and hang out with us and play games and demo the game and just kind of just come down and you know just play at the club like anybody else would so that happened. So he made the journey down here and uh, came to one of my game nights and brought his miniatures case, which had some pretty cool um, unreleased miniatures. They're very soon to be released. It's this new faction. It's an older faction, but they just got redone. It's called the Brood. So he had all these. They're they're the closest equivalent to 40k would be Tyranids, I guess. Yep. Um. So he brought these uh, new brood sculpts down, and they're fucking awesome. And we got some games in on my swap board, and I took some pictures uh, with his brood, so it was pretty rad. Then afterwards, we recorded a podcast with him in person. So me and my buddy Chris and uh, Brian cut a podcast last night, which we should have up in a couple of days. So, Which the podcast name is? Echoes of Samaria. Echoes of Samaria. Should see it on SoundCloud. I believe y'all are also on uh, Apple. Y'all are on uh, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the, basically the stuff you can find, where you get, wherever you can find podcasts at, I think we're at. So. 
even if you're not into Dark Age, guys, definitely go check that podcast out. Um, especially to hear the banter between Brian and Ryan. I feel like that's like a like to have a lead game developer. Like, did y'all go into rules writing or anything like that, or what all? Um, touch we on? we've talked about that a bunch. Like, just you know, one on one. Like, we mm-hmm. I didn't really talk about that on the show. On the show, we just tried to cover mostly Dark Age new releases, things that are coming out. Um, he has the schedule for releases for Dark Age planned two and a half years in advance. Jesus. So he knows everything that's coming out, when it's supposed to come out, and what he's working on two and a half years in advance. Wow. So he was telling us some of the... um, Like some stuff that's not out there yet which we didn't really talk about on the podcast. Like he, you know, he kind of told us I didn't really approach it. Cause I don't know if he wants it. I don't ever really know what he wants out, out. So I just kind of, you know, just say, Hey, we talked about this and it'll be cool. You guys will like it type of thing, but he's really pretty honest and open about that game system. Um, he went through basically the release schedule of when it should be coming out all the way up until Adepticon for like the public to hear. And he also, uh, you know, talked about some other things that they're doing, some like, you know, f- things they're kind of doing with the fluff, how the story might advance, you know, new new models coming out, um, what to maybe hold off on buying because it's going to be updated, um, things like that. And um, it's pretty cool. Like, if there's a issue and you point it out and it's a legit issue, he will fl- flat tell you, yeah, we know it's an issue. Um, we've already heard that, you know, or, or no, we haven't heard that, that. And, you know, they try to address it if it's a legitimate concern. It's pretty cool. Instead of sending them cakes, having to send them cakes and hey, not hearing back I did, for a year. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Michael said that. So very cool, man. Very cool. Definitely, definitely uh, look forward to listening to that. I, I, I do... That sounds like that Brian guy's got his shit together, so. He's fucking awesome. Like, really awesome. So, and he plays, uh, believe it or not, like, you know me, I could, I can't help but taking a few jabs at 40k here and there. He actually, he likes a, uh, 8th edition he's been playing. So he's like, hey, I like that game, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's pretty funny. There are parts that he doesn't like about it. Uh, we that's one of the actual things we discuss frequently because from a game design standpoint, uh, where it hits and where it misses, it's pretty funny. So he'd be the guy to talk to about it. He'd be the guy. Um. So yeah, it's pretty cool. We even uh, there's some pretty funny moments in the podcast. I think people like. Um, there are some older sculpts for Dark Age that I don't um like very much, and it's pretty funny to bring it up to Brian, and then I always like come up with a comparison of what I think they look like or how they're posed and try to be silly about it. And then he actually gets a kick out of it. There's a guy named father Johan. That's like modeled like this. He's got it like his hands like this. And we joked about it on our podcast where it looks like he's, we were trying to come up with all the things he may be doing. (laughs) So we, so we decided he was playing a flute, um, eating an imaginary hoagie, um, doing chin ups, um, he was a 1940s style um, boxer. Um, we told we said you could bend his hands like outwards, and he could be doing the thriller dance. Um, we like went through this whole list of things he could be doing, and uh, Brian got a kick out of that. 
he listens to our podcast and he brought that up and was laughing about that. And while we were on air last night, I made fun of another model and had him laughing about what it looked like. So <laughs> that sounds fantastic. But it's pretty cool. All those sculpts are getting updated, so I can't make fun of them for too long. I told him it's like it's kind of weird because like I don't. It's hard for me to complain about things because he actually listens and addresses it. So it's like I don't have too much to bitch about. <laughs> to be yeah, honest, I know, I know. We, we talked about you sending them cakes, and you're like, uh, "There's no reason to send them a cake because uh, it gets addressed." <laughs> <laughs> if I had to send them a cake, then I wasn't doing my due diligence and like reaching out. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. So pretty cool. And then we had another shout out. I'm trying. What was it? There was something uh, else. I thought unsolicited shout out for Blue Forge Terrain. That's what it was. So, when I did this Michigan GT event, which was Dark Age, but it wouldn't matter. This would go for 30K because the terrain would work for both. I needed terrain in a hurry that I didn't have to build or paint. Because what happened was I signed up for an event that was only supposed to have um, six tables at it. And I already had those six tables. And then they wanted me to expand it. So I had to come up with four more tables on a short time frame. And I simply did not have the time to build and paint that many new tables. So I started looking about the internet for some pre-built, pre-painted terrain. And you know I have pretty high standards, right? Yep. I mean, that's pretty fair to say, I think, when it comes to terrain. The highest of standards. So the only... The the place that I found that met my budget concerns and the look of their terrain really appealed to me was Blue Forge Terrain. They're out of Australia. They're the guys that make the Mount Rushmore of Primarchs that you've heard the Eye of Horse Boys talk about. So I need, emailed them. I looked at their webpage and picked out all the products I was interested in. And they have two price points. They have one that is non-painted and one that isn't painted. And in my opinion, especially now in hindsight, I would always get the painted stuff unless you were just totally wanting to paint it something not at all close to how theirs is painted. Um, the quality on the paint job is well worth uh, the money, in my opinion. Um, so I looked at everything on their uh, webpage, picked out all the stuff I wanted. Um, then I emailed them and asked for a quote, told them where I lived. I lived in the U.S. I gave them the time frame because when I placed the order, I knew I had to have it by basically October. The... Uh, Michigan GT was October 6th or 7th, so I wanted to have it going into... So I needed it by October 1st, basically, to make it viable. So uh, the guy that responded to me is this fellow named Luke. was a super nice guy, super professional. He responded within 24 hours to my quote. Um, I was expecting shipping to be astronomical. He worked with me on the shipping a lot. Um, and I was so happy with the price of shipping and what the what everything was going to cost that I actually changed my order after the original quote to add more to it. So I ended up getting basically four tables worth of um, six by like would fill four six by four um, 30k 40k tables whatever. Which you got to think, think in Dark Age you're playing four by four, but you're putting the terrain a little denser. So I probably got enough terrain to do, you know, four or five Dark Age tables 
pretty comfortably if you wanted to. Um, and got it shipped over here from Australia and I could not be any happier with my purchase. He, he met the deadline. Um, I got every product that I asked for and all the products that I received look exactly like the pictures on his website. It wasn't like going to fucking subway where they have the fucking picture of the sandwich with this fucking deep of meat stacked on it. And then you get yours and you got two pieces of fucking bologna that they picked up off the floor in the back room <laughs> on the real sandwich. <laughs> you and Subway, man. You do not like Subway. <laughs> nah, they're fucking terrible. But anyway, so I'm just saying, like, this is, I don't, we're not sponsored by them. We're not whatever. I just purchased their product. We went to the Michigan GT. Um, everybody that went complimented on the terrain. They wanted to know how I built it, how I painted it, all that shit. Um, which, I was happy that it was that good that people were asking, but I was also kind of sad because I put a bunch of fucking work into my shit that I hand painted and nobody asked me about that. They only wanted to know about their terrain <laughs> and that was the shit that I didn't do. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well ask about the one that I have to tell you. Oh, actually didn't paint that came out of a box. Uh, I got it from <laughs> fucking people. Fucking painted that with my credit card, son. Swipe that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's it's fucking awesome. I, I really can't speak enough about it. The only I do I'm just totally being totally open and honest. I I would encourage anyone to buy it. The only slight drawback that one may want to consider, it is made of foam. The stuff is made of foam, so it's not super super durable. Um, if you plan on running events like I took it to the Michigan GT, I obviously had to pack it pretty tight to fit everything in a manageable amount of cars and then bring it back. Um. Nothing like broke, broke, but it has, you know, it got a few nicks and dents in it because it's just foam that I'm going to have to fix, which is, I'm not too worried about it. It's, it, you know, it's something you're going to have to do minor repairs to it now and then to keep it tip top shape. It's not like, uh, it's not traveling like this, terrain. It's not, not traveling terrain. No, it's... like, like, uh, the GW, like heavy duty plastic kits. Like if you build one of those manufactorium kits from GW and you use like the, the testers glue that melts it together like that shit's really durable or this um gale force nine battlefield in the box shit that's made of this real hard resin you like stuff yeah. yeah this stuff is what i would consider high on the durability um this blue forge stuff is like i said it's it's made of foam it definitely looks a lot better it's definitely way more unique and all that but it it and it's not like gonna fucking fall apart like playing normal games on it. Like if you have a game club like me and you're just setting it up and people are playing on it and it's never gonna be moved or packed tightly and transported, you're gonna 100% be fine. If you run tournaments and you have to run them where you're traveling with it a lot, just keep it in mind that it is like a lot of their shit is big and ornate and you may have to repair it from time to time just from it getting beat up. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. No, what but it's into. Blue Forge, Blue Forge terrain. I actually posted the link on our uh, uh, Facebook today uh, for this podcast, and I also put it on my Dark Age podcast uh, page. So, um, if you guys are interested in that, definitely check the link and check those guys out. They're super cool. I do not regret the purchase at all. Um, it was amazing. Uh, it met all my expectations and exceeded them. And I definitely want to give those guys a shout out. Love it. Diggity dang. That was a solid shout out, man. Hopefully everybody's going to go to Blue Forge right now and checking their prices. And check and it out. Checking their Yeah. Uh, Remember yeah. their prices in our Australian dollars, so when you see that price, you got we have a favorable exchange rate. I think currently 
uh, 70 cents American is $1 in Australia. So if something on the website says $100, you're only going to be paying 70 for it. But a bam. Yeah. American dollars. That's in the US. Obviously, different. Yeah. Obviously, different places have different exchange rates. So. So rock and roll. That's it for this episode, man. Solid episode. Yes. Pretty pretty happy with it. Next week we uh hopefully can jump on the fourth legion stuff. We only did two lists. I want everyone to know I did like twelve lists this week. <laughs> I couldn't like I sent pictures to Michael. It's been unbelievable with like the amount of fucking email and lists and Facebook messages. I mean just today I had three new people hit me up on Facebook Messenger asking for lists or asking questions or whatever. Just today. Hopefully the list library takes some stress off that. Yeah. Hopefully. People it's a lot. Just, people <laughs> I, just go in there. I don't and I don't I'm not complaining. Like I'm glad that we have lists to do and content to put out, but I'm just letting people know like I get to them when I can get to them. And if you've sent in something and I've not responded um, send it again or send me a reminder message or something. Just, you know, uh, work with me, say, Hey, I mean, I sent this in, did you get it? And I may have gotten it and it just got misplaced. Cause I get sh- stuff sent to me in email. I get stuff sent to me on Facebook messenger. We get stuff sent to our podcast, Facebook messenger. I have people just come up to me when I'm at events and say, Hey, I need a list for whatever, you know, and, and, I forget or local guys. So, I mean, it, it's easy for me to, I try to do the best that I can, but if I've not made it to something and it's been more than two or three weeks, just send me a reminder and I'll definitely get it sent. We may not read it off on the show just cause we have so many and we have so much content anymore. We're, we've only been doing about two lists to show. Um, but I, I will do the list and just, you know, send it to you back channels, either email or messenger or whatever. But bam, that's probably how a lot of them are going to get sent. Because there's a lot of backlog right now. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's close it out, man. Let's go to the music. Okay. Tell them bye, Emily. See ya. <laughs> she sat here the whole time and stared at my ugly face Why I prattled on about 30K. So proud of her. <laughs> I'm too. She made it. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good one, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Everything is ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary.